0: Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you... Then you, too, can fuck off. Pop Culture Leftovers typically has a long runtime as well. If you can't handle a four- to six-hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you, too, can join the aforementioned cock whistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14. If you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest. If you tuck in your T-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with- a heart condition or if your name is melvin tfs 706 or tj lamb everyone else please enjoy
1: episode 349
2: there's already like 7 million broadcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a wall brad. but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it,
0: it, it's a trap
2: Toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, tear it, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Let's uncool kids, what's to say is already been said. Let's go! sure only oh. talent is the band. That
1: Leftovers. Hi, I'm Trace Blue, And I'm Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the Mads are back, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Mm, I love leftovers, especially pop culture ones.
3: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. No, Jake. I was giggling there because right before I hit record I said this episode's gonna suck. Um so yeah, that that we have that to look forward to. I'm not alone, thank God. You're just not gonna listen to uh fucking moron ramble and babble on this entire I don't know how long we're gonna be here. Three and a half, four hours, who the fuck knows? Greg Alenti, welcome back, dude. Hey Brian, how you doing? I'm fan oh fan fucking tastic, man. I'll get yeah, Can I ahead.
1: tell you something? Sure. Last time I was on your show, you know I drank a little too much.
3: Uh, you, nobody drank as much as Michael Winkler last week.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I thought when I was listening to Winkler, I was thinking of this. So the day after I was on your show, I woke up in the middle of the night and my foot was fucking killing me. Like pain that I have never felt before in my foot Hmm. so i was thinking and i was like when i was podcasting was i like kicking something or doing something that injured my foot it ends up i drank so much on your podcast i gave myself fucking gout and i I just got over that shit shut the fuck are you serious Dead dead serious legit fucking gout and listen like a lot you know some of the people who listen have met me before i'm a decently sized guy but you probably wouldn't look at me and say like that's a dude that's gonna get gout But straight up fucking gout, which I didn't even know was possible and excruciatingly
3: painful. I didn't know it was possible from drinking.
1: Well, what happened was I was out. I I like coach, you know, youth baseball and stuff like that. So I was out in the sun all day. And then I come home and I podcast with you guys and, you know, drinking for like six hours straight. And it's not it gets you all dehydrated and causes it's like these crystals from your kidneys that somehow make it to your foot and fuck your foot up. It was it hurt like a motherfucker. I know So you your can, podcast gave me gout.
3: That's insane. Oh my god. Oh my god. I I that's that's an iTunes review waiting to happen. That's what I want. <laughs> that's an iTunes review that I want to see. Your podcast gave me gout. I know th- I knew you could get it from like uh salty salty processed meats and shit like that. Eating too much fucking like uh uh, deli meats and stuff like that. I didn't know you could get it from drinking. Crazy.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Learns. Like pork and certain foods like that. Like even eating crab for some reason really makes it bad. I'm so. just
3: thinking about you, uh, hungover on the baseball field eating a handful of crab.
1: <laughs> well, it's also, <laughs> it's kind of an embarrassing. So, like, I'm, I'm coaching these kids and I'm visibly heavily limping like and you know because i'm doing something remotely athletic people think it's it's an athletic injury so when somebody's like oh my god what happened to your leg like what do you say are you like i got drunk and got gout or are you like do you make up some kind of like you know are you like oh i was running and i pulled something
3: i podcasted for 6 hours and got drunk <laughs> and got gout
1: <laughs> cuz i I decided that based on my relationship with the person, I would either say gout or that it was an athletic injury. So half yeah. the town thinks I pulled something and half knows I had gout.
3: Okay. Yeah, this is the, it depends on, like, who I'm talking to. If I never want to speak to this person again, I'll let them know hmm. I podcasted for six hours. <laughs> 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 and you can fuck off from my life now with that story. There you go. Right. All right. Yeah, I get it. I wouldn't want to hang out with me either. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh, your kid's not going to be on the team anymore? Good. He was a cunt anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, I hear you giggling back there. Stephanie Chapman from PopCultureLeftovers.com. Welcome back.
4: Hi. Thank you for having me.
3: I just call the child a cunt.
1: <laughs> yeah it's so great
3: oh man no i'm happy to, uh, this is a combo uh i i didn't know that i needed in my life stephanie chapman and greg alenti greg greg don't worry i'm gonna call you handy greg in the comments
1: hey no problem all good all right. i do have you know hundreds of subscribers at this point.
3: point hundreds so. yes tens of twenties i've
1: got dozens <laughs> i've got dozens and dozens of subscribers
3: yes Yes. Oh, man. So, so happy. You know, this uh, I don't know, not really happy. This, this is the, this is the week that the universe did not want me to record. It was just, and it really, it's not even like Jake not being able to record today. It's just, I've had to, I've had to work, you know, pretty much every day that stuff is coming out. I had to, I worked today and uh always stressful when you have to work on a podcast recording day. Especially when you're doing podcast notes, uh, literally hours before the show. And so that was always fun. But I said, fuck it, we're gonna, we're gonna record anyway. We're going live. Nobody gives a fuck. No, no. I'm
1: really, <laughs> no, I want mean, to, I want to thank you for your perseverance. And I, you know, yeah, it's like, show you, means a lot you guys, to a lot of people. And I, I saw a message on Facebook earlier yeah. today that said something along the lines of like, you know, this, this show is a tough one to pull off and you put the little poopies on it.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You decided when you put that message that you're going to, you're going to choose poopy as a way to sort of communicate how you were feeling. Yes. I was like, I'm going to be the delicious ball of toilet paper that wipes the poopy off of Brian today
3: and helps you have a good time. Greg, that's, I wish we should all go through life wanting to be the toilet paper (laughs) that wipes the shit away. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, I, now I'm just thinking of like an animated toilet paper roll called Handy Greg. Again, <laughs> again, Handy Greg, cause you're putting the roll in your hand and you're wiping your ass with it. No, I, the lack of response that I got there from you, uh, when I first, uh, when I first said that we were gonna do this episode and I got crickets from you guys, I, I, I thought to myself, did I, did I actually just black out and tell them that I got gout from drinking and podcasting? <laughs> or... Or, or, or uh, I don't know anymore. I
1: was asking myself if some validation would help you in that moment. And clearly it would have. But I was waiting for Stephanie to do it first.
3: Oh, God. Yeah. Ste- yeah. Waiting for Stephanie to help. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Stephanie's going to let me drown. I got Stephanie Stephanie. Lifeguard Stephanie. No, everyone drowns on her watch.
4: Oh yeah, she's the one in the in the watchtower, the lifeguard in the watchtower, like on her cell phone. Kids are screaming, like Timmy's out to sea, and I'm like, wait, let me refresh Instagram. That's me.
3: Yeah, yeah. You, you got a picture. You got a picture of the kid drowning behind you on Insta.
1: <laughs> Many successful years working at Action
3: Park for Stephanie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I, oh, uh, June, I was gonna open it last week. June sent me, uh, a package, and I was gonna open it last week when I had her on the episode. But, uh, I just wanted to end that fucker, and, uh, <laughs> forgot to open it. But I, I opened it this, I got, I opened it this week, and she sent me, she sent me gourmet popcorn.
1: Oh, that's very
3: nice. Oh, my God. I, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do. This is not a commercial for this company. The company is called Poppington's. Um, Oh, that sounds sophisticated. It's very. It sounds like to me. It sounds like uh, like a uh, like a cartoon with like a like a British badger that talks. Hello, I'm Poppington. the, The hello, I'm Poppington. Join me and my friends. On our adventures. And like, you know, like he wears a vest. You know what I mean? I definitely
1: pictured a British butler in a vest that was slightly sarcastic named Poppington. Oh, Mr. Poppington.
3: Sarcastic Mr.
1: Poppington. (laughs) 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 Like he serves serves his family, but in a slightly demeaning way.
3: Ah, yes. Wasn't that Mr. Belvedere? Belvedere! Mr. Belvedere, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that theme song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> who, cares, who cares when you drop pick your jacket
1: okay. no one no ka- one cares, cares. <laughs> that's one of those theme songs though that isn't
3: me has
1: absolutely nothing remotely to do with the show
3: <laughs> no it doesn't like
1: why like who creatively decided that that was an appropriate theme song for mr belvedere oh man it doesn't describe the plot of the show in any meaningful way
3: i know especially the episode where wesley gets uh Gets molested by the Boy Scout leader.
1: Did he get? Ah. Did he legit get molested? Because I know Dudley from different strokes got Difference. definitely. Did, did, did he got he got fondled.
3: Yeah, yeah. The bicycle shop owner definitely was diddling Dudley. Um, and
1: Sam got kidnapped. Sam Remember got, got
3: kidnapped. Yes, uh, and also Kimberly and Arnold got kidnapped because yeah. this older guy wanted to bang Kimberly. Um, Do
1: you remember the episode where, like, Arnold, it's, it's Dudley gets molested and then Arnold escapes and they're like, thank God Arnold didn't get molested. Yeah. And Dudley's, there. <laughs> Dudley's there, like, well, I did. But the guy's like, hey, you want to watch some cartoons? And they're, the kid, like, you know, Arnold is reacting because apparently, like, a mouse drops his pants and has a huge mouse boner, I presume. But that was the episode. Yeah, that, that- episode's ha- creepy. Not to go to a dark place, but in what way do you think Dudley was diddled? Like I think the guy was definitely touching his balls.
3: Dude, dude, dude! I like how you you started. Did you say like not to be creepy?
1: (laughs) I did. That's my disclaimer because that gives me permission to ask any dark question I need to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Because if I recall the episode, they're like, you know, the police show up and it's a valuable life lesson about like, and at at that time. See, this is growing up in the 80s and what people don't understand. If you got molested as a kid, like there's a lesson to you not to let yourself get molested, which is kind of fucked up. Right. Kind of fucked up. It's super fucked up. So it's like a special episode that's like, hey, Arnold, I'm glad you didn't get molested.
3: Be smarter next time. And then Dudley's just there hanging his head in shame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because like, like, uh, you know, who's and then it's never brought up again. Never again. Mm-mm. There's no, like, Never again. ramifications for, like, you know, future episodes where, like, Arnold makes a joke and Dudley just puts his head down and said, you know, <laughs> I got my balls fondled and starts when, crying.
1: When when Arnold was rescued from an exploding kit by David Hasselhoff when he visited Universal Studios, you would think that he'd be like, hey, in addition to surviving that massive explosion, I'm also a sex assault survivor, Right.
3: Like, it never happened. That never happened as well. Uh, they filmed an episode of The A-Team in their fucking apartment. They did. Yeah.
2: That's
3: right. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> uh, this all started from Poppington's. This all started from Poppington's popcorn. I don't want people to forget that. Poppington's.
4: They've got some great flavors.
3: Yes. And I love their slogan. It's, uh, Once You Poppington. You can't stoppington. Is is
1: that really the, is that their thing? <laughs> no, because uh, if I'm looking for Pringles, I'm I'm lawyering up fast.
3: <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it? Uh, oh yeah, it was Lay's where you could only eat just one. Oh uh, okay. It yeah. was Pringles. Once you once you pop, you can't stop because it had the pop top lid. It does. It right. does. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, but, uh, they, she sent me Poppington's gourmet popcorn, confetti rainbow, and this shit is fucking amazing. It is so good. It tastes so good. Like the flavors, I can't, it's like, it's like, it's like eating candy, and it's not like regular caramel corn. Like I like caramel corn, but my god, each one of these has like its own individual flavor. It's insane. Like the yellow ones taste like banana, the fucking blue ones taste like blueberry, and oh man, it's nuts. I fucking love them. I'm, I'm hooked.
1: I imagine this old English lady named Mrs. Poppington, who has mastered several flavored popcorn recipes over many years.
3: Mm. Mrs. Poppington? That's probably some fucking hipster douchebags from.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Probably. They're They're probably from Portland or
3: something. They're from Portland. And then they fucking, yeah, they got the, they're doing the, they got one of those, uh, those bikes with that gigantic wheel. You know, and then the two smaller wheels behind it. And they
1: they worked they worked in corporate America for like three months and yeah, decided it wasn't for them. Right. <laughs> so they opened a popcorn business.
3: And they ride around their little fucking weird bikes all the all over Portugal. Um yeah. oh, I oh God, I am still I am still using my antenna We're gonna get to the content, people. Trust me, it's not that interesting. Um I still been using my uh HD antenna to watch antenna TV, and it's got, like, all the classic shows. Oh, my God. I watched... Last week, I watched Silver Spoons. Oh, God. It was fucking amazing. It was so good. But that, they, I still have been watching Johnny Carson when I can, and he had the ultimate dad joke. This fucking... I was laughing so hard when he said it. He's like, D- did you hear this? The... uh this this one's sad. The inventor of the grenade boomerang died today, <laughs> and I lost my shit.
1: <laughs> what was Ed McMahon's reaction? Do you recall?
3: Yes, I don't yeah, know. I yes, have that. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. He he is dead. <laughs> oh man! But no, they had um they had uh, brought out uh, Don Johnson. Uh, during the sec, like he was filming the second season of Miami vice. They brought him out, man. This is like peak Johnson. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Peak Miami vice Johnson. And was he I wearing the white blazer. No, he was not wearing the white blazer. Man, he was rocking an insane mullet. Nice. But here's the thing. Like it made me think to myself, just watching him in this interview, remembering that they made that Miami vice movie. Uh, about a decade ago or whatever it was with Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell and Don Johnson, young Don John Johnson reminded me so much of Matthew McConaughey. It's insane to watch. It's, I, I was could just, see that. they missed the boat with fucking casting, um, uh, Colin Farrell. It should have been Matthew McConaughey. Should, and who was the director on that fuck? Was it Michael Mann? Which, which movie? The Sorry. Miami Vice movie
1: oh i i'd have to consult with uh assistant google on that one
3: i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to ask poppington
1: written and directed by michael mann
4: you're right fucking a
3: he hasn't made a goddamn good movie in fucking 30 years he hasn't i'm telling like the i can't think of the like uh last of the mohicans probably the last of the good movies he ever fucking made i love that i do too
1: I took my kids on vacation to Lake George, which is where uh, – you guys aren't from the northeast, but it's where, like, the fort at the beginning – the the assault on the fort is set in Lake George, New York. Yeah. Today is Lake George, New York. And I tried to get my kids to watch the movie, and those little fuckers lasted, like, three minutes.
3: That fort – is that the one that they, they fucking destroyed? They blew up? What's, the, what? The fort
1: yeah, – well, they um, – like, there's a battle, and the English lose, and then – uh Magwa, who's got like this personal revenge quest, kind of starts an uprising and they slaughter all the prisoners. Ah. And that's historic. That's based on historical facts. That's even though there was no real Magwa. I mean, you know, they um, I think it was, what was it, James Fenimore Cooper. He I'm not a history guy, but I think he based it on a real historical event, but then wove a story around it. I love that movie. I fucking love I
3: saw that in the theater with my parents. Yeah. And it was like one of those, like, ah, oh, mom and dad are picking the movie. Every once in a while, they'll pick a good Same one. Same thing. And they took me to see uh, Last of the Mohicans, and I just, my mind was blown. I, that's one of those movies I watch every few years. Um, I absolutely love it. When the girl, when the girl just fucking steps off the cliff, I'm Amazing. just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fucking... Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, what, oh my god, I think every fucking, like, uh, method actor strives to be Daniel Day-Lewis, did you ever see, did you ever see, did you ever see, um, Oh, no, I'm not going to get into that.
1: Can I guess what you're going to say? Yeah. Because if I'm guessing what you're going to say, this is legendary. It's. Are you going to talk about the Ben Stiller? Yes. shit On Daniel B- Yeah Yes. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. Yes. Where it's like the, where it's like treadmills, right?
3: <laughs> he. Uh, yeah. He's he's going to play somebody who's like, you know, mentally challenged and they give him a lobotomy. Yeah. That's how <laughs> yeah. method he is. <laughs>
1: But wasn't there another one that he did where he was, like, on a treadmill just practicing all the – because, like, every commercial of Last of the Mohicans was just him running everywhere.
3: Yeah, there was. There was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you remember the Ben Stiller skit where he's supposed to be Satan and he's, uh, like, haunting people but but what he's doing isn't particularly scary? And he's arguing that he's uh got budget cuts and shit like that.
3: No, I don't remember that one. <laughs> fucking classic. I got that shit on D V D. Oh, I do too. Like, yeah, the whole season on D V D. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: it's only what like two it's two discs the whole series. Yep. I
3: think it's what like a season or two? It went no, it went one season and it got okay. it got a fucking Emmy and it got cancelled by it. Fox. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it like it had like Janine Garofalo, um, it had uh Bob Odenkirk and right. Andy Dick.
1: Andy Dick, yeah, and Ben That's Stiller. It's
3: right. fucking great. It was so ahead of its time.
1: Last of the Mohicans, by the way, probably one of the best film scores you'll ever hear.
3: Oh yeah, oh.
1: I want to listen to that while I go outside and do yard work. You know, just oh. take my shirt off with it, my gout. Yeah, and limp around <laughs> the yard and just fucking trim my bushes.
3: Listen to that fucking violin score. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh my trim god. The trim the bushes yeah that has a double meaning (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah loving my antenna tv loving johnny carson so much fun um we have a new contest and uh, don't worry we're gonna get to the winners of uh of the other one but uh, we do have a new contest uh the alfred hitchcock classics collection is coming out and so to celebrate that um Oh, it actually, it's available now on 4K Ultra HD Combo Pack with a nice. Blu-ray and digital code from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. It includes, for the very first time, the original, never-released, uncut version of Psycho. And Wow, in 4K. In 4K. And um, I'm giving away five digital copies of Psycho to support the release of the collection. So uh, in the collection, you're going to get universally recognized as the master of suspense. The legendary Alfred Hitchcock directs some uh, some of uh, cinema's most thrilling and unforgettable classics, including Rear Window, Vertigo, Psycho, and The Birds, all in stunning 4K resolution. Uh, it stars Hollywood favorites such as James Stewart, Grace Kelly, Anthony Perkins, Janet Lay, Tippi Hedren, Kim Novak, and Rod Taylor. This essential collection features hours of bonus features as well as the original uncut version of Psycho for the very first time ever. This collection will, uh, with collectible disc book packaging, includes hours of bonus features such as documentaries, expert commentaries, interviews, screen tests, and much more. I'm going to be putting out a tweet and a Facebook post about the collection with some of these bullet points. If you retweet it or share it on Facebook, take a screenshot, send it to comments at pop culture leftovers with the title Psycho, and uh, you'll be entered into the contest to win one of five digital copies of Psycho. This is only for U.S. residents, because I don't think that these codes will work internationally. So, uh, But yeah. Uh, feel free to jump into that new contest and oh gosh now we got to do now we got to do the the big one the tony hawk one let's see here i've got everybody's names i'm gonna be pulling up the website where i put all your names and should i had this done already shit greg (laughs) that's that's cool greg should have had this done i should have had this ready to go Fuck it around
1: uh you know it's all good. Don't be too hard on yourself.
3: I had a long day. Now, here we go. I'm entering the names. They're all in there. I t- While you do
1: that, I'm entering this fucking contest because I'm telling – and I'm not saying this just to, like, be nice because of the – having a copy of Psycho in 4K in your digital collection is like a crown jewel in your digital movie collection. That's an awesome fucking contest. Um, so I'm getting ready to fucking – um enter that but i've got to wait for you to retweet it and post it right yeah yeah once
3: i do that you'll be entered i trust that you will we're gonna find out who the winners now are of the tony hawk pro skater one and two remastered in hd here we go
4: everybody
3: let's see here yeah here's the where's i gotta hit a fucking button where's the fucking button i gotta hit where's this fucking button Oh, yeah, start. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. So I the drum, that was my, that was my version of a drum roll. Me pissing and moaning about not being able to find the start button. Here we go. Start. First winner. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's taking forever. Frank Flores. You nice. won. Congrats, Frank. Frank, you won the first copy. Uh, Pick another name. Here we go. And uh, wait before I wait for it, Michael Kierwolf, <laughs> Michael Kierwolf, <laughs> I, 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 did, did I butcher his name, his last yeah, name, hungry. My, hungry Like the Kierwolf, congratulations, <laughs> Hungry Like the Kierwolf, my, one of my favorite 80s shows was about that helicopter, Kierwolf, do you remember that?
1: The Kierwolf theme song. Remember that? What's that? The Kierwolf theme song. How does it go? I mean, I would know it as soon as I heard it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to sing it right now. Dun Remember that?
3: Oh man, I don't know. You did it so well. Seriously, I felt like I had the fucking composer singing it, but I still, it doesn't ring a bell. All right. All right. Fuck it. Don't worry about it. Winner number three. Yeah, drum roll or whatever I fucking know <laughs> Fernando Aurelio congratulations Con- way to go Fernando way to go what's that one song is it Fernando Fernando what's that yes. song how's that go how's that song uh-huh. go uh-huh. Yeah, thanks Stephanie you're a big fucking help <laughs> you guys act like i give you such difficult tasks (laughs) all right here we go we got one more we got two more right two more two all right uh number four here's our here's our fourth big fucking winner stephen redgrave Steven! We just we just had him on a couple of weeks ago. Stephen Redgrave, you win the uh, fourth copy and here's the final one. Final winner. <clears throat> Holy shit. I am not even fucking joking. <laughs> Michael Winkler wins.
5: Nice. <laughs>
3: oh my. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Congratulations to everybody who won, and I want to thank everybody else for entering the contest. But uh yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. I had I had a couple people like that won the the you know the uh Staten Island, the uh uh King of Staten Island one sent me a couple of nice emails. I and I, I screenshot those. I was gonna read them on the podcast. I should read those. They're really sweet guys, so um but uh, yeah, yeah, we got we got five new winners, and so enter the psycho contest, and uh, I'll read off the winners for that next week. And then uh, we do have I can t- I'm going to tease it, but I, c- I can't tell you what it is. Uh, we will have another video game giveaway in October.
1: Nice.
3: Yeah. So, and here's the thing: like with these giveaways, I'm just guys. We're going to keep doing it the way we're doing it, like retweeting and all this stuff. I'm never going to ask people to uh leave us an itunes review and you'll win like i honestly like those kind of reviews it's just the most canned bullshit you guys don't you just you just want to fucking win the game or the movie you do not give a fuck about the show at that point you're not going to leave a glowing (laughs) review just so you can win like a fucking you know what i mean I will never force people to fucking leave it. I, I want you people to leave iTunes reviews because you want to. Did I, we not, we're not going to read any this week because Jake's not on the episode. But on the flip side, didn't fucking get any. So I don't feel – I don't feel – not feeling the love. Leftover
1: uh, Army. Can I briefly just call back to one of the great contests that you ever run, though, that did have to do with iTunes reviews?
3: Oh, what was it? Did, did I – oh, did, did I
1: fucking do that shit? You kind of, well, arguably, yeah. and again, I don't mean to be like I last time I was on. I don't mean to be like your real time fact checker. Yeah, you you did, Brian, run a contest in which people were rewarded for leaving reviews to your show on other podcasts. <laughs> <reviews>. <laughs> and I believe that was roughly like 2014 or 15 that you did that.
3: Yeah. Why the fuck did I do that?
1: It was because people were doing it to you. Like, they would leave a review on your podcast feed and say, and be like, hey, I love this, just like I love, you know, yeah. this other show. They you were know?
3: doing that because they know that we read our iTunes reviews on the show, and they're, like, right. trying to get their bullshit out there.
1: So I left a review for Pop Culture Leftovers on CNN Español, and I left it in Spanish. <laughs>
3: thank you for reminding me of all this because like I've totally forgotten about (laughs) all this (laughs) There, there really needs to be a pop culture leftovers Wikipedia so just for me I just want to read it and just so I can remember all this shit like I honestly think there are listeners that know more about this show than me the guy who fucking like you know puts it out there every fucking week
1: yeah, there's a lot of history. I mean, I also – not to, again, like laugh at my own jokes. I did also leave a review on the podcast uh, Serial blatantly naming you and Jake as the murderers of Hay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, I know who killed Hay. Wow. It was Brian and Jake from Pop Culture Leftovers <laughs> now on uh, iTunes and uh whatever the other thing was from Android. I forgot. And, uh, Stitcher.
3: That's why I had the FBI show up to my home that <laughs> <Right>. one day. <laughs> oh man, I just I I I was I well, thank you. I got a free prostate exam, so I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> good. I'm glad you like
3: that. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Man, fucking feels good though to give out uh give out prizes to people. So, yeah, enter the psycho. I've got I've got more movies coming up in the future week with uh future weeks with digital codes. And then, uh, we are gonna have a video game, so hopefully we can keep these contests going. But, um, let's see here. Let's see, what else, what else? Is there anything else that I wanted to bring up? No, that's it, that's it. I guess, fuck it, I guess we're gonna jump into good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Sounds good, sounds good. Could I say it any faster and any, any, any softer? Could I say it any faster, any softer? We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs>
4: It sounds like that AM, is it, what is it, AMS, when people talk really, what is that weird thing where people chew into the microphone? Like ASMR? Is that what it is?
3: Oh, it's when somebody eats, somebody eats pretzels on a fucking episode? Is that what it is? I
4: have have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I've never done such a thing.
3: I'm surprised I su- yeah, it's crazy all the noises that happen on this fucking show. And then I asked somebody about it, like, what's that noise? And it's like whoever I've got on that week, it's like, you know, I don't know who the fuck. Yeah, Tristan's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm driving down the freeway with my head out the window. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Like why would you do that now? That is so weird. Why can't you just be in an enclosed space in a room? Talking on on a microphone. (laughs) Why are you on the freeway with your head out the window? Ridiculous. Anyway, it's Good Pop, Bad Pop.
5: It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop,
3: Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system
2: the rating system is simple if the leftovers don't like something they toss it if they do like something they suggest you taste it and if it's brilliant it gets a tupperware rating if all the leftovers love it then it gets the pinnacle of success a tupperware party
3: finished finished my boys the boys season one rewatch actually actually finished it uh last week um I think I finished, no, th- yeah, this, this, this last week, I think, I think I finished it on like Tuesday or Wednesday. And, um, so I have started season two. I have started season two. I'm finished the first two episodes of season two. And, uh, anybody else watching the boys? Yeah, I am.
4: Yeah. I haven't started season two. I'm still working on season
3: one. Okay. You're working on season one. Greg, are you, are you like, balls deep into season two
1: i'm either i think i'm through episode two i i fucking love the boys i'm at that spot that only a guy like me can be into where my wife fell asleep during one of the episodes and i'm now waiting for her to catch up because we Uh, watch it together yeah so i'm through i think i think i'm through two to be clear but it might be one i have to remember
3: like do you when you and your wife are watching something do you look like the couple in the like before the before the movie starts and they show you couples watching the movie when you're at the movies like at an amc or whatever and they show the couples there eating the popcorn do you guys look like that do you do you look like that like in that ad are you that happy when you're watching shit together so my wife or is always- she just is she is she just glaring at your fucking <laughs> gout fucking foot like oh my look at look at this so I, I mean, married not, this. Not I married this gout infested fuck.
1: Elevation <laughs> helps with gout. So there is a 100 percent chance that when we were watching the boys episode one, I had my gouty fucking foot way up on the couch with like that bulge on the knuckle because it, it's fucking ugly, man. And my wife, Jill, also known as Handy Jill on my YouTube channel, she makes this special popcorn. And we always eat popcorn together when we watch stuff together, which is pretty much like every night. And she puts just a little bit of garlic powder in it. Mm. So you're almost exactly right as to what that would have looked like.
3: Yeah, they just don't they don't show like I want to see like real couples watching shit in the theater together. Not this fucking, you know, this couple, there are smiling, eating popcorn and shit. I want to see a real fucking couple. I want to see like, you know, fucking maybe a couple having an argument before the movie starts. You know, a wife telling her kids to shut the fuck up, you know, some of that stuff. That's real. It
1: happens. I mean, I privately have to wonder if when my wife was a little girl, she planned on marrying a guy that she'd bring garlic popcorn down with a gouty foot elevated on a
3: couch. You That's know? what all fathers want for their daughter.
1: <laughs> Pretty much.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever think john wayne had the gout he
1: definitely did totally no question because all that fucker did was eat meat and it's not good he he ate meat and drank constantly and rode horses and shit oh, he yeah. definitely had gout
3: what's the fucker? did you hear the rumor that when he died they found like what is it like 40 pounds of impacted shit is calling really uh, yeah, it's yeah. bullshit it's bullshit but it was one of those fucking rumors that there's like Pounds of fucking impacted poop in his trapped in his fucking <laughs> colon.
1: Was that around the time that the rumor really took off about who was it that had to get all the cum pumped out of their stomach? Was it Rod Stewart? Is, is either
3: Rod Stewart <laughs> or never. Marilyn or, or
1: or John Bon Jovi? One of the two.
3: One of the two. Yeah.
1: I I think because I lived within a stone's throw of Jersey, like the urban legend was that Bon Jovi had the cum pumped out. Okay. I live
4: in Jersey, and I've never heard that.
1: You never have.
4: I mean, no, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Would
1: you have heard it in like 1988? At six? Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, I'm speaking quietly here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. But when I got to the age where, you know, those kinds of activities would happen to me, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like masturbation,
3: masturbation. Oh, no, no, no. Like, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Being on the receiving end.
1: Yeah, because I legit, I grew up with that urban legend. I was always like, I better not let that happen because she'll have to get her stomach pumped. So were you turning down blowjobs because you were worried? No, but I had, I was turning down, like, uh allowing it to end that way. Oh, so gotcha.
3: w- wait, were you, like, just, like, squirting all over your fucking legs and chest and, like, your stomach and shit? This is a very personal story, but
1: I'm going to tell it. Are you Okay. So the first time that ever happened to me. Yeah. I was probably I think I was 16, right? Something like that. And I had this massive complex about finishing that way, largely because again, I like thought legit that she'd have to get her stomach pumped. How like, much I'm are like, you
3: coming, man?
1: <laughs> not a lot, but I'm a 16-year-old kid. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when when that moment happens which again i barely understood how all of this worked i was drawing back as this wonderful young woman was kind of pulling in and the end result was that it was out and i shot all over the poor her face it was horribly <laughs> awkward
3: <laughs> like can
1: you imagine that
3: she's rocking like, like one of those that was, she's rocking that like would, one of those milk mustaches
1: It was it was horrible. It was horrible, and like that was my first experience of that kind. And you could see when it happened the shock and horror on her face. Like I, I, like I'm trying to do. I'm trying not to let this happen in the way that she's imagining it because I think like a medical procedure will be necessary.
3: You know, I'm in amazement that you're finding all these women that want to swallow.
1: Well, this was in you know 1994, you know, sometime around there. Um, when, when that was probably, you know, I was young. They, she was young, you know.
3: That was the cool thing to do back then was swallow it
1: Everyone in the 90s was swallowing.
3: Everyone was swallowing in the it 90s. It was supposed to be good for your skin or something. Yeah. Oh, man. Skin? Not, she's swallowing it. what she do is spitting it back up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, sorry, it's photo day tomorrow. I gotta make sure that the <laughs>
5: exactly.
3: Gotta make sure that the skin looks good. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the boys, man, I'm digging it.
1: Anyway, I'm glad you like that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, man. um Yeah, I'm digging. I'm digging the. I'll, I'll be honest with you, though. I think I I love the first season. I love the second season. But after doing the Umbrella Watch. Uh, umbrella academy rewatch and the umbrella academy season two i think i like the umbrella academy a little bit more than the boys get out of here i'm dead serious that's crazy to me i i don't know man i really enjoyed that rewatch The it made me forget like i uh, like um uh, i forgot how much i really like that show but you know i'm not through season two yet so i mean you know maybe that's a uh, little uh little early for me to be saying that but i don't know i'm still digging the boys season two man Love Aya Cash. i you know i think she's great and it's great seeing her as uh as a cast member so
1: she is like the character from uh portland or seattle right
3: yeah yeah what is yeah she's i just so awesome.
1: i just got introduced to her where i am so she's
3: she's really good stormfront
1: yeah stormfront
3: yeah anyway oh i watched uh the outpost on video on demand it's a um uh it's a war movie. During the Afghanistan war, several outposts were placed to control the Taliban movement and their supply chain. Camp Keating, situated in a valley surrounded by mountains, was one of them. While being shot at by the Taliban's, was business as usual, they tried to gain respect from local village elders and have them help stop these skirmishes. One day when... 400 talibans rallied for a surprise attack it was up to them to leverage the poor defenses and lack of ammo and manpower they had to ultimately survive and go back to their loved ones uh it's a it's a war drama film it's directed by rod lurie it's based on a uh, 2012 non-fiction book the outpost an untold story of american valor by jake tapper about the battle of Camdish. this one stars Al- orlando bloom scott eastwood caleb landry jones milo gibson and jack Keezy and uh it's it's a, it's about two hours long it is insane that this is based like this outpost is fucking ridiculous it's surrounded by mountains you don't have the high ground you're 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 basically if if you get attacked you're kind of like sitting ducks at this point it's it's ridiculous so there's a shot in the movie where they show you know uh, a guy walking out of like the barracks And they do like this pan, they pan around and you just see mountains. And it really gives you the feeling of like how these guys were sitting ducks. Basically when the Taliban would come down from the mountains, they, they, they had, I mean, they had a strategic kind of like, uh, um, uh, where they could, like the snipers could just pick them off. and, And it was just like, it was just insane that they would put this outpost there. And, I I would give like the first hour probably a taste it, but the last hour where it's basically just a battle is an absolute Tupperware. I was kind of blown away. So I'll give this a high tasted overall. And uh at the end of the movie, they do show um side by side with the actors that portray them, the real men that uh, fought in this battle. Some of them are still with us and, and they should let us know like kind of like what medals they've earned and things like that. One of these guys, earned the medal of valor. And, um, man, it's just, a, it's a fucking crazy movie. And it's just insane that, uh, that the military would put these guys in this position it just was kind of ridiculous in a way. So a lot of, a lot of really good men gave up their lives, uh, there that day. Um, I've been watching woke on Hulu, Keith Knight, creator of Toast and Butter is a black cartoonist on the verge of mainstream success. He prides himself on keeping it light and shies away from taking controversial stances. After being racially profiled by overly aggressive policemen, the traumatized Keith finds that he's able to see and hear inanimate objects talking to him. Now more sensitive to racism and the everyday microaggressions he'd tried so hard to avoid acknowledging in every situation, Keith must figure out how to maintain his relationships and a career as a woke black man the show is live action and there are animated elements throughout it's uh created by keith knight based on a comic book i believe comic strip that he did and then marshall todd uh this one stars lamorne morris from new girl he was also in barbershop three i love lamorne morris i think he's fucking hilarious uh he plays keith blake anderson from um Workaholics, uh, T. Murph, uh, Rose McIver, Sashir Zamata. She was most recently in that movie Spree with Joe Keery. Um, And then we've got voice acting uh, from a lot of comedians here. J.B. Smoove, Nicole Byer from Nailed It, uh, Chris Summer, Tony Hale, Sam Richardson, Jack McBrayer, Cedric the Entertainer, and Keith David. So uh, pretty stacked voice cast, pretty stacked cast. Um, I'm through... Half of the season. This is eight episodes. Each episode's like twenty-five to thirty minutes. Um Have you guys started this one?
1: I'm through four episodes, so I'm probably the same place you are. Yeah, I, I started. I got through the first episode.
3: Got through the first. Stephanie, thank. This is like everybody needs to know. Stephanie, like this is like I, I called upon you to to join me on this episode, and you literally had hours before we recorded. So everything that you've done today, I want to thank you. Seriously.
4: <laughs> You're welcome. No problem.
3: Um, I did not know what to expect with this show. I just knew that it was called woke. Um, I didn't even know that it started Lamorne Morris until I clicked play and started watching this one. But um, this, I dude, I, the first episode, this guy writes toast and butter and basically like every, it's a, it's a comic strip for everyone it everyone loves it and but most of his fans are white people white america and he kind of after this you know um attack by the police they they throw him down i mean he's racially profiled i mean they're looking for a six foot black man and they just go after him and after this happens, he starts he, first off, one of the things that happens in this is like inanimate objects start talking to him, so he's starting to lose his mind um, but because he's working a lot of things out, and he's working some of these things out like he's got to go to a convention where people and they're getting ready to syndicate uh, his his cartoon strip. it's going to be huge, he's going to make a ton of money. And he's gotta do a, an appearance at a convention, Golden Con. And he basically ends up losing his shit on stage. <laughs> That's so great. And it just kinda of ruins his career. And so as I'm watching this, it's like, where can this show go now in episode two, three, and four? And I think like by the time, like I'm on, like, like the, by the first episode I'm just feeling so bad for this guy, like his whole career is gone, and I just kind of want things to kind of like turn around for him because I feel like he's such a good dude. Um, by episode four, it's like a completely—he's still an artist trying to do things, but like, I don't want to spoil it. For Stephanie, because like, I don't know what you think about the show yet. And I, if it's something that you're going to stick with, I don't want to spoil it for you. And I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't watched it. But this one's on Hulu. And I'm through four episodes. I think it's an absolute Tupperware. I think I think it's really, really smart. Um, very funny. And I love the characters. I love his roommates. I've always been a big fan of Blake Anderson from Workaholics. And him having a white roommate and then kind of going through this makes it super interesting some of the dynamics and conversations that they have when he starts doing a little bit more kind of like, um, uh, political and racial, uh, artist, artistry, I guess, um, you know, in, in later episodes. So, Greg, what did you think about this one? You're you're kind of like where I'm at right now, four episodes in. So about four
1: episodes in, and um, as a suburban white male, I find this an incredibly insightful way to help at least to try to better understand and appreciate – um, what people of color are going through, and the best example I can give you, I think it's the. It might be the second episode. Not a major spoiler. Um, uh, Keith and his roommate find a wallet. And have a debate over yeah. whether to turn the wallet in. And, you know, white guy who grew up in a suburb, I have never thought about what that must feel like. Um, so the show is just littered with examples like that that I, you know, I I hope make us all better people um, and more appreciative people. Um, a couple of things that I'll just say about this show Um I love Lamorne Morris I am not familiar with New Girl But i, I he is a, an amazing talent I love watching this show um, And I love his performance I also thought T-Murph as the roommate Clovis Is amazing in this show Every gag having to do with Clovis I had just belly laughs The guy is constantly trying to get laid In the most pathetic ways possible <laughs> And it just gets funnier and funnier As you go on He is just awesome um, another consistent gag. They happen to have a white roommate named Gunther who is just basically a criminal, but he gets away with everything because he's, he's white. Um, just a really fun show. I, I figured when I saw it, just because, you know, the climate is so difficult today, I don't always find entertainment and things that are politically timely just because I like my entertainment to be a little more escapist, but I really chewed through four episodes really easily. The one thing I'll say, and I'm really curious about what you and Stephanie think about this to to me the animations weren't necessary um i prefer the show outside of the context of these little animated characters i don't i don't necessarily know that they add a whole lot and i'd even go as far as to say that by episode four i'm seeing less and less of them almost as if the creators are saying like that that's our gimmick but we don't we don't need that we're gonna we're gonna rely on character to tell this story I just don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I wasn't into the animated characters. Um, I'd also give it a Tupperware though. Loved, love, love the show.
3: I'm okay. Yeah. Let me get into that. The animated characters that he sees, like, you know, he's looking at like malt liquor and like it's like Nicole Byer, and, and then like the trash can, Cedric the entertainer and then his, um, marker, marker. his marker is JB Smooth. Like I, when I first hear the voices, all I'm doing is like, Oh, that's, oh, that's J.B. Smoove. Oh, that's Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, that's Nicole Byer from Nailed It. And then it's kind of like, once I figure out who the voices are, like, that's where the fun kind of ends for me with Mm -hmm. that whole part of the show. Because, like, it does seem kind of unnecessary, but it's supposed to be, like, a big part of the show.
1: It's almost like it was a, and I hate saying this, it's a gimmick, in my opinion, that the show does not need. It doesn't need that.
3: It's like a crutch, really. It is a crutch. Yeah, like maybe we're going to show this in the commercials to get people to watch. And I did you see the IMDb score? It's at like a 5.6 or something like that because people, of course, I'm sure there's going to be a, a ton of people that are upset by like, you know, what's, you know, what this show's doing and it's like, I mean, I don't know. I fucking love it. I think it's fantastic, Stephanie. Uh what'd you think?
4: I really enjoyed the first episode. Um I was I was curious because I, re- I saw the, the trailer for the season before it came out, before the show before it came out. And I was curious as to what the animation was about. I, it it, t- it takes a, I mean, the episodes aren't that long, but it, it takes a while. I'd say about 10, 15 minutes before he's assaulted by the police. And then he starts, then he becomes woke. Um, I agree. I mean, I've only seen the first episode, but I agree that my, and I did what you did, Brian. Like I'm listening to the voices and I'm like, oh, that's Cedric the Entertainer who's the female malt liquor bottle? And I was like, that's Nicole. And I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, after that, I really wasn't, what they were saying wasn't really pulling me in. Some of the best, some of the belly laugh, some of the, more of the belly laugh moments that came that, that I experienced were from his interactions with his roommates. Um, and just the interactions with the actual, the actors in the show. Um, I really enjoyed it. I I'm going to continue watching it I am not I've never seen New Girl and I'm not familiar with the lead actor uh, Lamorne Morris at at all, um, but he's doing it well enough in this show to keep me interested. I think everybody's actually really pulling their weight well. Um, I think what I like about the show and what it tackles is that it I think it it's heavy it's it's like a comfortable way of like. Providing context to some of these issues, a lot of these just issues can make people uncomfortable, and I like the way that they're. I, it, I don't want to. am gonna say it feels heavy handed. I mean, I'm black, so like some of these things are like not necessarily news to me. But I will say that like sometimes, just like Greg, like sometimes I watch TV and I just want to laugh and I just want to be. I want to enjoy. But like if you deliver it to me in a certain way, I don't necessarily. I don't feel that you're being heavy handed. I, I, I kind of said the opposite earlier, but that's not what I meant. So. I feel like they're delivering it in a way that's palatable to a lot of people and funny without feeling offensive.
1: It's almost delivered in like a Seinfeldian way. I hate, I hate saying that because Seinfeld was a show about nothing and this is clearly a show about something, but it's just these everyday circumstances that it's really, it, the, the concept is ingenious. And again, that's why I, I, I feel like, and Brian brought this up earlier, the animation is just there so they could put it in the trailer to get people to watch the show and maybe to get people to watch the show who they feel like would have been put off by the subject matter. Sadly, very sad.
3: Well, uh, I mean, he is, a. I I think it's like he is a cartoonist and like this was developed by Keith Knight, who is like the, you know, the creator of this comic strip. So he wanted to put a little bit of himself in this, you know, as far as like that goes. But I think this could, definitely stand on its own two, you know, legs without that crutch. It doesn't need that. And I'm calling it a crutch because I think that yeah, I am calling that it a crutch because I think I don't think that it really adds anything that I need. Like you're absolutely right. Like most of the funniest moments are with like him and his roommates. I don't really need a talking marker as JB Smoove. I'm sure like JB Smoove enjoyed the paycheck for being a talking marker but like i mean i don't really need that i it, it, like so i think the show is is pretty damn good without all the fucking wacky inanimate objects talking and shit so
1: yeah a lot of what he goes through in the early episodes is sort of internal and i i have to guess they needed something for him to talk to for the audience to understand how he was processing this but in retrospect the roommates would have been a wonderful You know, so again, I'm excited to keep watching and I'm curious if as we get to the second half of the season, if we see even less of those animated characters. We'll see. By episode four, it was I think there was only one scene with the marker. That's it. Did you guys did you guys rate this one? I gave it a Tupperware.
4: Oh, I did not read it. I'm going to give it a Tupperware.
3: Okay, yeah. It's a fucking Tupperware party for uh, for woke. Yeah. Can I say
4: one more thing? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: No, not at all. Go ahead. I love the Sammy Sosa joke. <laughs> oh my really- god! Oh my god! <laughs> yes! Oh shit! It was so great. It took me. A, it took me a second here to remember, but oh my god. <laughs>
1: Remind me of it, I'm sorry to ask.
4: That's okay. In the first episode, he does the photo shoot to prepare for a show going into syndication, and then when he finally, when he meets down, when he meets again with the, I don't know the, his managers or his publicists, and they show him the photo, and his skin is like, oh, that's
1: right, oh my god,
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then when they ban him from the building, his picture's- building. When they ban him from the building later, I don't know if you've seen this Stephanie, his picture's like super, super dark. And he's no, like, did you guys, there. yeah, they're like, did you guys darken my photo? And I was, oh my oh. God. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fucking, it's, this show's fucking brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. I love, I love Lamorne Morris. So good to see him and more things. Um, watched hashtag alive on Netflix, not to be confused with the live, <laughs> The 1990s film about a soccer team <laughs> that gets trapped.
1: Yeah, when, are, when, are, when were people gonna start eating each other?
3: Yeah, I know. Well, that happens throughout this fucking movie, correct?
1: Right?
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> happens pretty damn early on, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah, this is, uh, it's called Hashtag Alive, it's on Netflix. The rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. It is his story. Uh, Alive, Hashtag Alive, is a South Korean zombie film directed by Cho Il-Hyung, starring Yoo ah and Park Shin-Hai. is based on the 2019 script Alone by Matt Naylor, who co adapted his script with Cho. The film revolves around a video game live streamer's struggle for survival as he is forced to stay alone in his apartment in Seoul during a zombie apocalypse. And... um, and this movie just kind of kind came out of nowhere for me. Really been enjoying uh, a lot of the of course I I'm a big fan of uh Train to Busan and most recently watched Peninsula the sequel. Um but I've been a big fan of kind of like uh, you know these uh Korean horror films and Korean zombie films and um when I watched this I, I don't I don't know if I had high hopes for it or or, or anything but I uh I fucking loved it. I I thought this was fantastic. I don't know if I'm going to be alone on this one, but I don't know. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I, I was a huge fan of it. It was, you've got a guy who's basically, there's this, there's an outbreak that happens while he's at home. His family is out. So he's like, you know, uh, his mom and dad are gone and, and his, uh, sisters with them. And, um. This outbreak happens and his family, as they're talking on the phone, just basically leaves him messages to like stay at the house and, and they'll, they'll get there when it's safe. And, uh, so, you know, all, everything on the outside of this, you can kind of like see him. He can go out into the balcony. He can, he can like look out the door and, uh, you know, people are, people are getting attacked by zombies. We see a, we see a woman who's a, kind of like a security guard or a, or maybe, I don't know, maybe a police officer. I think she's a police officer and she, we see her kind of like get attacked by zombies and dragged off and then come back later, later as a zombie yourself. But I mean, you know, the, the food's gonna run out for this guy and so you're always kind of like, you know, waiting for like that moment where he's gonna have to like break out and break free. And then, you know, across the way from his apartment, there's a, there's a girl that lives, you know, in another apartment complex across from him, and they start communicating back and forth, and um, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, they do some really inventive, fun stuff with some drones in this one. Where I, I usually hate seeing drone technology in movies, and I actually enjoyed the drones, the the use of the drone in this movie. And, um, I fucking loved it. Well, I guess we can unpack it a little bit, but Greg, did you see this one?
1: I did. Um, and to me, this, this movie answers the question. If you've ever wondered what that clerk at GameStop who tried to sell you Grand Theft Auto Five used for $55 would do in a zombie apocalypse, here's your film. Um, I struggled to be honest, Brian. So you and I have a different take on this because. This is a zombie film that suffers from a painfully dumb lead character, and I was like, is this being played for laughs or not? Like, you know, you brought up the drone thing. He sends his cell phone out on a drone. He tapes it to the drone. Pretty pretty ingenious, but then he forgets to fucking charge it. It's like, are you kidding kidding me? You still have electricity, and you're not charging either the drone or the – I wasn't even sure what he didn't charge, but he forgot to charge something. Um and by the time we meet the the woman who lives in the, in the building across, which is about 40 minutes in, I found myself wishing we had seen her story for the last 40 minutes. Um, and I get that not every zombie story is going to be about, you know, the MacGyver of the zombie apocalypse. But I just found his reaction to what was going on a lot less interesting than her reaction um he also decides to use the classic zombie weapon of a golf club which is a painfully terrible weapon to try to use to fight zombies i'm sorry to nitpick but it is um i did it's interesting early on in this one i was amazed at the quality of the dub and i actually really enjoy watching films with subtitles and was trying to find out on my roku if I, if that was an option but as the as the film went on there particularly as there were action scenes to me there were some problems with the quality of the dub and i think it's because you've got an actor in a studio recording the voiceover trying to do these really physical things that seem painfully awkward so i actually recorded like 30 seconds of really painful dub that i'd love to play for you guys if that's okay can i try to play it
3: yeah do you want to set it up do we do you need to set up like the scene like what what,
1: not really this is our main character fighting zombies and uh Killing them and screaming incoherently. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I love how at the end of that, he just gives one last fuckers. Sorry. Hold on. Now I can't get it to stop playing.
3: <laughs> now I just want to go watch is the movie here, is, again. Is
1: that unintentionally hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <It> was <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers. You, die, you motherfuckers. Ah! And then he's like, ah, you fuckers. He had to call them fuckers one last time under <laughs> his breath.
3: Oh, I'm just ready for him to say, yeah, like, do
1: it. Kill me now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm right here. I'm and I, I, I feel bad. Like, so I will say I'm going to give this film a taste it in some ways because I enjoyed the makeup. I enjoyed some of the set pieces. I loved the security guard um, and that whole exchange. The zombies were really cool. Clearly influenced by Train to Busan with the body movements and the sounds. Um, but I just struggled with the lead character.
3: Oh man, I don't know, I don't know why I love this so much. I I fucking loved it. Uh, Stephanie, did you watch this? I did. Oh, you fucking hated it too, didn't you?
4: I did not I did not hate it. I'm gonna give it a high taste it. But, probably for slightly different reasons that you liked it. I, I mean the lead character really was not the brightest crayon in the box. In the beginning of the movie, I found myself rewinding a few, quite a few times because when they would put the subtitles up when he's reading a text or something was on the television and they needed to put the subtitles up, they left him up for like three quarters of a second. And like, it was just very quick. And I was like, well, I want to read that. So that got a little annoying. Um, I What I liked about this film, oddly enough, was that it felt like a very well done student film. There was something about it that wasn't quite like big studio but that also wasn't like somebody with their first camcorder. It was something that was like in between and I think I really appreciated it. Um where I'm going where I mean where I'm gonna nitpick um is that the the there's a there's a part of the movie at the end, spoiler. Where they 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 get out, both of them get out, and they meet meet up with each other, and they head to the eighth floor because they think that there's no there's no zombies there, and then they run into this guy who like tries to kidnap them and like feed them to his daughter. It was like it was.
3: It's it the same crazy. guy that fucking kidnapped Arnold and Kimberly in that different strokes episode. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: could you could see pictures of uh, Dudley getting diddled all over that apartment. <laughs> it's an Easter egg, <laughs> and and mice with boners.
3: <laughs> 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 and wasn't the drone's name Dudley?
1: It was Dudley, yeah. Yeah.
3: Easter eggs a galore, yeah, yeah, sir. Go ahead, Stephanie. Sorry.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> like,
4: it just it felt like oddly placed and it didn't feel earned. That scenario they found themselves it just didn't really feel very earned to me. Um, the ending, I didn't. I was surprised by the ending only because it was a little too neatly wrapped up in a bow for me. And so that was a little bit of a letdown because there's, I mean, I don't even know how they would have made it into the helicopter, given how close the zombies looked like they were coming to them. Like it was a little, was a little strange to me, but I, I actually really enjoyed it. I kind of like how dumb he was because I feel like when there's a zombie apocalypse, like you're not thinking correctly. Like, like, I don't, I mean, I agree. The golf club is a little dumb, but for me, him being dumb kind of added to the, the charm of it. If so to speak, um, I think she was kind of a dick to him when she first met him, and like she she got the walkie-talkie and he wasn't using it correctly. And I'm like, like
1: give him a minute. She got nothing from him. She should have totally fed him to zombies and just run.
4: No, <laughs> he saved her life. He ends up saving her life
1: though. Yeah, he was like brave for all of five minutes, but she, he he sucked.
3: I, he have I'm a-
4: groceries when his parents told him to get groceries.
3: I I I'm a big fan of the character. <laughs> i love i love seeing dumb people in movies because then it makes me feel intelligent (laughs) like i wouldn't have used a golf club i would have been out there with like a fucking knife or you know what i mean a knife go to the go to the kitchen bring out a knife or a meat cleaver or something just like a leg of a chair you know what i mean something with some heft to it the fucking um i would you know what I, i would throw legos on the ground because you ever step on one of those noise. fucking things all the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like I think that was Legos would fuck up some zombies.
1: Definitely, especially if the zombie has gout too, and you step yeah. on it.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, can my Go can ahead. Can
4: you explain to me what? How did the? How did the zombie get in behind the
1: refrigerator? And then
3: that yet made no sense.
1: Can somebody explain? Like, and I don't want to sound culturally insensitive. So, in South Korea,
3: I love how how you preface these things. Like, you're going to clearly be culturally insensitive now.
1: (laughs) How do locks on doors fucking work? Because he's fighting to uh, to wrestling with a door handle as a zombie's on the other side of the door, and the camera is showing what clearly is a lock on the door that is not engaged
3: was did did the door break earlier in the movie and i didn't catch it because i felt like stephanie like when that fucking zombie showed up behind that refrigerator i'm like how the fuck did he even get in there
4: yeah unless the unless the wall wasn't i don't know how walls work but what wasn't reinforced very well but then if that's the case then more zombies should have come through the back of the refrigerator like it didn't and at one point, I think the door did break because I didn't. He tape it up and like jam stuff in the. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's like that. You ever do that trick with pennies where you jam it in the door and you can't open it? He did the same kind of thing.
4: Um, like, yeah, didn't the refrigerator zombie? That made no sense to me.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so i i don't know yeah taste it i taste it i gave it a tupperware i'm a fucking i'm as dumb as the guy in this fucking movie apparently
1: <laughs> i'm not putting you down for liking it
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm self-deprecating let me do that that's my thing <laughs> uh, i watched uh the first episode of the netflix anime the id the Idhoon chronicles did anybody watch any of the Id Hoon Chronicles? I did. Yeah. I did. The Id Hoon Chronicles, uh, I id not gonna watch the second episode, let me just... <laughs> I mean, man, I, I had that joke in the chamber all day, man. I had that joke in the chamber all day i thought i thought about that one this morning i'm like oh man that's gonna that's gonna go over like gangbusters it did it did <laughs> after listen to this fucking synopsis i uh, after necromancer Ashran seizes power in Idhun, enforcing his reign of terror terror through an army of flying snakes the first battle for the that's just dumb I'm just, read, I'm just reading, I'm just reading dumb shit. This was written by that fucking guy in the Alive movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> enforcing his reign of terror through an army of flying snakes, the first battle for land's freedom will take place on Earth, where impulsive teenager Jack and aspiring wizard Victoria will face dangerous assassin Kurtash sent by Ashran to destroy, to Earth to destroy the Idhanites who fled his tyranny. You, guys, you feel like you got a good grasp on the story there now? <laughs> this is based on the ithoon's Memories book saga by Laura Galigo. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I fucking hated this. I, I thought it was so fucking dumb. I, I'm gonna give this an absolute toss it. And, um kinda wanna hear it. Did any of you watch more than one episode? I'm dying to, <laughs> dying to know
1: i felt obligated to because i never want to disappoint you yeah because you're one of my podcast heroes yeah so i went into episode two and completely fell asleep probably (laughs) like 10 minutes in and then i woke up this morning racked with guilt that i had not watched more of the show yeah Uh, but i still did not watch any more of it
3: ah stephanie you watched one the, you watched one episode too. A
1: one episode, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was
4: hard to get through that one.
3: It's like a one and done. <laughs> it's a one and done. Oh my god, this is just like, I mean, there's been some great animes that have come out this year. Um, mm. You know, I love Gleipnir and Tower of God, and and uh, this is this is not one of those. This is just, <laughs> I, feel, I I don't know, man. I I feel like this is. I think this is for a younger audience. It's, it's TV 14. And I just, I just don't, I don't know. I feel like this is for a younger audience. This is, I don't even really want to break it down. I fucking hated it so much. It's, it's dumb. Kid comes home and his parent, his dad's just sitting at the, sitting on the couch and TV remote in his hand. Kid's like, Hey dad. And his dad just kind of like <laughs> he like tips over and his dad's he's dead so fucking dead he's yeah, dead he's dead, and he's like going after he's gonna go check on his mom, and some dude already fucked her up, she's dead on the floor, yeah, and then it goes from like you know oh my parents are dead to like now you've got like a battle between some some fucking i don't know wizard looking dude and some other guy. <laughs>
1: It's like a uh, so funny it's, so it's like a wizard versus the Highlander,
3: yeah, It's like a, I actually
1: got during it next, it's a, sword a sword fight. fight I actually saw during the sword fight, I'm like, this is kind of like Highlander, I'm digging it, and then the show basically gave me the Cleveland steamer of exposition over twenty five minutes explaining all of this world building that was really painfully overcomplicated and unnecessary
3: so the kid's parents die and then like doesn't he like fucking like wake up in like this room and he's like oh that was just a nightmare he wakes up in a hobbit house he wakes up in a hobbit house and he wakes up and he's like oh that was just a nightmare and it's like dude you're not waking up in your room you're in a fucking hobbit hole like it was not a nightmare you're in a what the what's what's wrong with you
1: I mean, if I woke up in a house with that kind of carpentry all over the place, I immediately would say, something is different here. Yeah.
4: And I was, yeah, and I thought when he first woke up, when he said it was a nightmare, is this what your room typically, cause you would know if you're in a different place. And he's walking around, he's like venturing. I was just like, is this, this isn't right. Like I was confused for like a good five minutes.
3: Yeah 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 i I was confused pretty much the entire time I watched this. <laughs> I was confused as to why I fucking wanted you guys to watch it. I was confused as to why I'm watching it um it chronicles. it's absolute trash toss it. it's an absolute <laughs> this is absolute garbage this is it, yeah if you just want to watch the most asinine bullshit on TV right now, go ahead and watch an episode or two. How the animation look nice? I even thought the animation was kind of dumb. There you go. <laughs> <Is> there-
4: <laughs> and I don't watch too much anime, but is it common in anime for like the sounds not to match up with what's happening on the screen?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Some of it, like, <laughs> did you, did you watch the dub or did you watch the, the sub? The dub. I watched the dub too. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, I know, something was lost in translation, I think, with the dub.
4: Yeah. Like, somebody would take a step, and then you'd hear the footstep, and then another step, and then, like, I'm like, this is odd. Oh, that's- but I didn't wanna-
3: That's what happened, that- no, that's the world of Eid Hoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that- they have a whole- that's a, that's a third episode. You just <laughs> basically wrapped up the third episode there. No, it's called, uh, <laughs> it's called Lingering Footsteps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now this was a Spanish anime, too. This was not from Japan. really yeah, that's what I because i I had a similar reaction where I saw it, and I was like, "This was awful." was it because I don't understand because I'm not a big anime guy like sometimes I'm like oh but do I not just understand like different cultural storytelling sensibilities so I googled it and it was it's based on like a, some Spanish youth novels or something like that that I will never want to read ever
3: oh man yeah these are garbage <laughs> yeah and uh, the fact that it's who it Chronicles that there's like
1: there's a, there's a whole series I guess
3: yeah a whole series Oh but my God!
1: It, 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 it who needs to read that shit?
3: Oh man, it's so it's so. Yeah. Is it good. I want to apologize for this one. I I rarely apologize for things that I have people watch, and I I apologize for this one. This is this is all on me.
1: You can go fuck yourself.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Final thing that I had in uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop was uh, a movie that uh, dropped on HBO Max. Uh, Unpregnant, a 17-year-old Missouri teen named Veronica discovers she has gotten pregnant. Development that threatens to end her dreams of matric- uh, matriculating at an Ivy League college and the career that will follow. Veronica wants an abortion, but discovers that she cannot get an abortion in her home state of Missouri without her parents' permission. She convinces her former friend, Bailey, to take a road trip with her to Albuquerque, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, so she can get one there. Uh, this is a female buddy road film. It's directed by Rachel Lee Goldenberg. Um, she That director had her breakthrough after she was discovered by Will Ferrell who gave her the opportunity to direct a lifetime television film movie called A Deadly Adoption, if you remember that one. Uh, That's a movie that Will Ferrell starred in. Uh, And Pregnant is based upon the novel of the same name by Ted Kaplan and Jenny Hendrix. It stars Haley Lou Richardson from Five Feet Apart, uh, Barbie Ferreira from Euphoria, and it also stars Alex McNichol, Breckenmeyer, Giancarlo Esposito, Sugarland Beard, and Betty Who. Um, Stephanie, I don't know, did you have time to watch Unpregnant?
4: No, I didn't
1: get to that one.
3: Greg, you saw this, didn't you? I did see it. I want to know your thoughts on this one, Greg. I want to know your thoughts on Unpregnant.
1: The first thing I have to mention is this film is anchored by two amazing performances. Um, and I have to start with Barbie Ferreira as Bailey. And what I thought, was a really, really wonderful performance. Um, towards the end of this movie, there's, a again, not a huge spoiler, but, you know, this movie is really about two friends who grew up in different ways and drifted apart. And there's a scene where all of that comes to a head and they really just air out what happened and why. And I really felt the range of her performance in that scene. You know, there were moments where she was almost like a Jack Black caricature, for lack of a better term, but... I really am impressed by this performance and I'd love to see Barbie Ferreira even in a Marvel role maybe someday just because I saw a really wonderful range. Um, Haley, Rich- Haley Lou Richardson as Veronica, another good performance, a little bit more um, uh, down the line, you know, a very sort of um, tightly wound character that loosens up as the story goes on. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. About the only thing that I struggled with is as the film goes on, it you start to meet increasingly bizarre characters and it I almost got like a Peewee's Big Adventure vibe from it. Um uh, particularly Brecken Meyers' character and Giancarlo Esposito's character. Mm. Um it just felt like it was a step further away from reality than the film had been playing up to that point. Um not a big deal but just something that caught me. Um that being said, I'm giving this a Tupperware because of the performances, particularly because of Barbie Ferrer's performances and I can't wait to see more of her work.
3: Oh, you gotta watch Euphoria, man. Have you seen that? I have never seen it. I had never seen her before this film. she's fucking great in Euphoria, a completely different kind of character in Euphoria, but still a great fucking performance, and she fucking owns it um but yeah i I absolutely loved this fucking movie. I thought it was fantastic It's like, and then how do you pull this off with such a fucking like uh you know such a with, with with what they're handling here, abortion, and they handle. By the way, also getting review bombed. It looks like it is. It totally is, dude. It, though there's tons of ones out of ten, and it's basically just people preaching and shit. Um, but I fucking I thought that this was incredible. Very like I don't know how you can you can take something that's like such heavy. Uh, topic and like make it such a, you know, fun movie, but then on the flip side, like not kind of like shy away from like how kind of fucked up it is where, you know, um, these girls feel like they have to go to like these measures in order to get this, to get this done. They, they, like if, if it's, if it's really her body, her choice, like, but she's now she's got to get permission from her parents. It's, it really gets into a, a lot of that and, um, but man, I, I don't want to just get into like all the heavy shit. Cause like this movie's super funny. It's like the way the chemistry between the two characters, like as I'm watching it and like their road trip, I mean, I guess you can make like the Thelma and Louise connection. And I've seen a, like a lot of different mm-hmm. reviews where people say that, mm-hmm. but I was thinking of like how different they were at the beginning. And like, you know, it was kind of like planes, trains and automobiles, you know, with John Candy and, yeah. and, and, and Steve Martin to where like how different they are. And, you know how annoyed uh you know, Haley Lou Richardson's character would get at um Barbie Ferrer's character. I dude, I I uh I, I fucking I love this movie. I seriously, like this I think this is one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. Um, if not the funniest movie I've seen this year. There's so many times where I just like kinda like laughed out loud in this movie. And even like like the girls singing that fucking what was that kelly clarkson song yeah like i i it didn't annoy me like you think that that kind of shit would annoy me but it was just like that was just you know two friends kind of like reconnecting like one got they kind of went both two different ways one got super serious into school and then found like a different crowd of like popular kids and then like you know the other one went the other way and kind of like you know it was a little bit more kind of like i don't know doing her own thing more unique and you know kind of like i guess hung out with the stoner crowd because she was you know you know she did mention that she you know would smoke weed at school and shit like that but like yeah they used to be best friends at one time and if you're a star trek fan like there's there's a, like that kind of blew me away too when they started speaking klingon in the movie <laughs> and it comes um i did love seeing jean esposito in this though um you know, I, and, and the more ramped up that it got with like some of those characters, I was just kind of like, I was kind of expecting kind of like weird things to start happening on this road trip. Um, it did get a little Pee Wee's her, Pee Wee's big adventure though. I, 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 I do agree with that now that you say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that being said, it's clear that as the movie goes on, pretty much every character you meet, this is like mm-hmm. a modern take on mm-hmm. the great American road trip. And I would even say, despite the subject matter being safely controversial, right. Mm-hmm. It's, char- it's a, it's charming. Yeah. It's a, it's a charming story. <clears throat> and, you know, every character they meet is different than they appear to be. They, they go into this diner and you think that there are some characters that might be a little bit threatening that, you know, they're, they're from, a, you know, they're like, Oh, look at these young girls from somewhere. And they end up being probably some of the most good guy. characters. Yeah. I was kind of like,
3: story. I was kind of hoping that like, um, uh uh, what's her name? Veronica would kind of like maybe, uh, get with, uh, the Gerard kid. I, I mean, I, I thought they were, it was interesting to
1: compare that character to her actual boyfriend and they were definitely drawing a contrast there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And like, well, and you talked about how like different characters were not who they seemed. Like even her boyfriend, we find out, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of a lot of things about it. This is like, honestly, I think, uh, i i mean hbo max uh if you don't have the service i don't know i don't know man i think like this this is definitely one that i think people need to watch i i, I absolutely loved it man i don't know if it's like you have to get the service for this but if you have between it between this and trade,
1: which we talked about a couple weeks ago oh. um that's worth your dollars for hbo max right there
3: Hmm. yeah yeah and then well raised by wolves i don't know if you've been watching that
1: I have not. I've got to check
3: that out. Oh my god. I, episode 4 came out. I haven't Episode I think episode 4 and 5 are out now. And I haven't watched those. I think they dropped two more and I haven't watched those, but my god, the first 3 episodes are amazing. I love this.
1: If you and I so here I think almost anyone can relate to having a childhood friend that as you grew up, you took life took different paths. Mm-hmm. It's and again i found myself again like 41 year old dude watching a story about 17 year old women in that scene where they kind of air out what happened i really found myself getting emotional i'm not embarrassed to say i welled up it was just heartbreaking and um it's a it's a special story i really would recommend anybody watch it and please don't let your politics get in the way of seeing this story
3: yeah yeah um I love at the beginning, I mean the the whole reason that they're on this trip is because the you know, Veronica's in the girls bathroom and she's taking the pregnancy test at school and it comes out positive. She drops it when somebody enters the bathroom. The person that enters the bathroom sees it that it's positive and really wants to help the person in the bathroom basically is kind of like talking to them and, and trying to help them. And it's, it's Bailey played by Barbie Ferreira. And, um, she finds out that it's her old friend, Veronica. And then they, Veronica is just basically wanting, wanting to make sure that she's not going to tell anyone about it. And kind of like the, you know, it, It's one of those things where, you know, the, the pregnancy test gets thrown away, somebody finds it, and then the school is like, who's the pregnant girl in the school? And so now she can't even go to like her own friends because like now it's like this big thing throughout the school. The only person that she can really turn to, she can't turn to her mom, uh, she can't turn to anyone else because she had an older sister who got pregnant very young and she, and so now the only person she can turn to is like her old friend Bailey and i mean i the whole it's it's it it is an amazing journey and we find out things about like you know bailey throughout this movie like why is she so willing to just go on a 14 hour drive to new mexico she's got some she's got her own things going on i i fucking love this movie everybody should watch this one tupperware
1: so as much as I, I you know I never am really upset with you, but as much as I was like fuck this Edoon Chronicles shit <laughs> and fuck Ryan, we <laughs> watch it. I will tell you this was a joy to watch, and I watched this with my wife, and she loved this movie, awesome. loved it, has been raving about it. So thank you, you redeemed yourself from making me watch Edoon Chronicles.
3: What's with this fucked one. up is Greg's wife loves Edoon Chronicles, though. She does. She, she's what did you, did you did you tell me she's on episode like nine right now? Yeah, we're doing an Edun podcast, a retrospective, <laughs> and we've
1: got a sister podcast on the book series that we're doing.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I don't know. I'm sorry. That's gonna that's gonna make your life a living hell because she loves it and you absolutely hate it.
1: Yeah, there's a huge there are Edun cons and everything where people go and. <laughs> dress with little <laughs> characters with swords and go in hobbit holes and spend 25 fucking minutes explaining something that should take 30 seconds
3: people wake up in strange rooms and they're totally, <laughs> totally fine with it oh uh, i'm the magician with the goatee yeah uh, look at me hi uh. <laughs> ah, i've got a snake army uh,
1: welcome to even con three uh
3: edun
1: Khan <laughs> i've got edun merch <laughs> the edun merch table I'm like all artists doing original drawings of
3: edun shit I'm like oh that's a great
1: drawing of that fucking guy with the sword
3: a, um y- y- yes sir yes sir um Hi, uh, what, what's your question? You're at a Q&A. What's your question? It's, it's correct. Greg.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greg, just like. In episode one, when the snakes are flying, like, what were you thinking about when you put the wings on the snakes? Was it like, what would a snake look like if it flies? Or were you thinking about, like, butt-fucking your audience when they were watching this horrible piece of
3: <laughs> My question would be, Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> so terrible guys let's take a quick break we'll come back with the pop culture leftovers news hi I
0: sound like Morgan Freeman I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon it's just so easy I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers no I'm not embarrassed I have zero shame and I really don't give a fuck what you think I'm at that age. You'll get here, too, one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day, you, too, will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftOvers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this
3: diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right. Hey, we are back. Greg, I hate to inform you of this, man, but uh, with the uh, pandemic, Idhun Khan is canceled this year.
1: There are going to be a lot of people that are really upset, but I might start a petition to save Idun Khan. And it's going to be called Idun. Gonna Happen still. <laughs> yeah. Idhun on Zoom. Yeah, because, you know, there's just a deep counterculture Idun following. They have people wearing leather jackets and dressing like fucking Vegas magicians, but they're real magicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this needs to be recognized. And Idun is somebody's Star Wars. and They're listening to this episode now and telling us to go fuck each other in the ass Dude, because they are righteously pissed.
3: I love how like all the outfits in it were basically inspired by Siegfried and Roy. Yeah.
1: And if you're an Idun fan, let me guess. The books are really good. Guess what? I'm not going to read them. So fuck you.
3: I'm not reading that shit. Um, Greg, I know I kind of skipped. I knew you had something that you wanted to talk about for Good Pop, Bad Pop, and I wanted to give you a moment to to share that with everybody.
1: Yeah. I'm. Mean, so I've been I'm just going to admit, you know, I'm in my 40s and everybody goes through like something like a midlife crisis when they're in their 40s and the way my midlife crisis is manifesting is i've gotten really into retro video games like old classic arcade games and um i actually have started to turn like my basement into like an old like an old arcade like what an arcade would have looked like around like 1993 um so i've been collecting these arcade machines and really a whole market has sprung up around this and if you're familiar the one that the 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 company that most people are familiar with is a company called arcade one up that actually, Brian, I have to tell you, you're the one who first introduced me to this. You posted on our Facebook feed, a street fighter cabinet a couple of years ago. Um, I, and I ended up picking this up and then it was just like, I was addicted to them. So um, I ended up at, I have a whole bunch of these cabinets now um, in my basement and there's arcade one up. Uh, there's also a company called at games that creates really uh, bad versions of, like, uh, like plug-and-play old arcade games, but they built a cabinet that you can uh, put your own games on called The Legends Ultimate. Um, so that's another one that we have here. Um, there's a third company called II Arcade that's built a machine that is being crowdfunded, that's uh, being released, that can play modern games, which is actually really exciting. And then just last week, news broke of a neo geo cabinet if you remember those old neo geo arcade oh god yes red red machine with some white trim um and what's really fun about this hobby is that you can get these cabinets and by the way if you're sitting there saying greg's an asshole because he has all these arcade machines and he's throwing money around like you can get these things for like 50 bucks a piece if you really are smart and know where to go um, I would recommend that if you're into this kind of thing, look for a website called consolekits.com. Punch in your zip code, and it'll tell you when these cabinets go on sale. But you can get them for 50 bucks. and then what's really fun is you can even modify them. So some of these things I've actually started to put, like, LED buttons on, which, you know, you can do for as little as 20 bucks. sometimes. Uh, you can swap out the marquee, which is, you know, basically the sign at the top of the machine with a new marquee that lights up or with original artwork. It's a lot of fun. Um, And the crown jewel of my collection right now is the Star Wars arcade machine, which actually has the flight yoke. So it's the old vector graphics. If you remember it, they had a sit down version of this yes, uh, where you're flying around and you blow up TIE fighters and then you blow up the Death Star. Um, So I'm finding as I, you know age i I have a lot more fun playing these old games than i do playing modern games Uh, and it's just been a blast to collect and again brian i've got it i've got to tell you you're the first person that ever told me about one arcade one up and i've been totally addicted to them ever since
3: i uh i almost pulled the trigger on that uh ir arcade i almost did it like it's you, you connect it to wi-fi Right, And they're always getting new licenses and new games. And some of the games are original games. And you can just, like, basically... It's kind of like iTunes for video games, but on a console. And you can just add new games to it all the time. Um, I'm not sure, like, how much memory these machines come with. But then they had, like... You know, if we hit this stretch goal, we've got like a new cabinet. They had a dragon's lair cabinet. Yeah, they had a double, double dragon, dragon cabinet, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I thought it was fucking awesome. And you could get in early on it, and you can get it like a lot cheaper through the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter has ended, but it, I think they are going to start mass marketing these things and selling them. But man, I was I was so close to fucking pulling the trigger on that. But and um, you're hitting on
1: something really important because it's not just about the games, it's also about like the cabinets in some cases and the artwork on the cabinets and how it makes you feel and the memories that it brings up. So one of my favorite cabinets, I've got the Marvel uh superheroes cabinet, which has an art Adam Thanos on the side. Mm. It's a great piece of artwork. And you can see like Doctor Doom and Shuma Gorath in the background and these things are like works of art. And you may remember the Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet. It's got Raiden with a hand up and like thunder all over him. And it just brings up a lot of awesome memories. And some of these dedicated cabinets that so faithfully recreate the artwork of what these things look like in an arcade, it's really fun just to have and collect, and especially if you can find a good deal on them. Um, and then again, if you don't like the artwork, you can swap it out. You can find artists online who give you decals that you can put on these things i
3: always love like the what was it like the four player teenage mutant ninja turtles game man that was fun to get everybody like playing that game didn't they have a six player x-men game
1: they do so i play x-men on the legends ultimate uh i emulate it using an emulate using a rom that i legally own by the way for anybody who's interested uh but you've got dazzler who's totally not worth playing but then you've got cyclops colossus wolverine storm and nightcrawler and originally the cabinet had like two if you remember this it had two screens side by side and one was the crt and the other one was actually a mirror but it looked like a wide that's how they had to do a widescreen at that time so that would that's a sweet game
3: did you ever play the game in the arcade i think it was just called oh god Ninja Warriors or something and it was like basically like two screens that they put together and you would fight you would uh, you could throw Chinese uh, like uh, throwing stars you could throw um, I'm trying to think you had swords of course and then like you would fight tanks and soldiers and shit
1: that one I don't. I'm googling it now just to see because sometimes I'm actually seeing it you're right it was called The Ninja Warriors it was definitely two screens but I don't Recall this one. I have to see if I've got that in my
3: ROM oh, collection. I loved it. I loved that game. I loved that fucking game. It was ridiculous. I fucking loved it. That and Pit Fighter.
1: Pit, Pit Fighter. Fighter is like one of, you guys were talking about this recently, but Pit Fighter was one of those games that started to get into using like real pictures of people, like yeah. Mortal Kombat. Pit Fighter was a predecessor of Mortal Kombat. It was. Um, yeah and it's really playing some of those games today it's it's i'll just say some of them hold up well and some of them don't
3: i'm um, sure i i um uh, i used to play uh dragon's lair at the uh showbiz pizza and um <laughs> i i recently uh as of i'm talking like recently like within the last week i watched the Rockafire explosion documentary again mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that you can, I think you can rent it on youtube you can rent it's not streaming anywhere for free. But man, if you have memories of going to Showbiz Pizza as a kid, it's a must-watch. It's a yeah. must-watch. It talks it goes into like the people that were like super diehard fans of the Rockafire Explosion and the Showbiz Pizza experience. Um, one of the guys was so into it that he actually bought the Rockafire Explosion band and everything and set it up in his fucking house. And he would take new music and fucking have the Rockefeller fire explosion play to like new music. Um, and then, um, then it gets into like the guy who created it and what happened to showbiz pizza? Why did, why did it turn into Chuck E. Cheese? Apparently they were basically saying like, you know, um, we're kind of losing money after they had made their hundredth store. We're losing money. And in order to you know, we're in order to keep your characters and shit like that going forward. Um, you're going to have to give up the rights to these characters. If you don't give up the rights to these characters, then uh, we're going to we're going to do our own thing. And the guy wouldn't budge. And then so that's why they created Chuck E. Cheese, because this guy wouldn't give up the rights to the Rock of Fire explosion. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, it's, it's a fucking really good documentary. But uh, what's it called again? It's just called the Rock of Fire Explosion, which was the name of the band at Showbiz Pizza when you went.
1: It's funny I, where I live. I we had Chuck E. Cheese's, but I don't remember a Showbiz Pizza. We must not have had that. But we had a legendary arcade that opened up a few towns over, and like the whole town erupted, and there were all these legal battles, but. Um, you know like arcades are lost to time basically now so they're trying to patch together these memories is a lot of fun and even just finding a random game and playing it and then realizing you played it when you were you know 11 or 12 years old is sometimes a real kick so yeah really fun hobby
3: i remember playing like altered beast in the arcade um yeah (laughs) have you played it recently i have uh, i've got that sega genesis but i haven't played the altered beast on it Uh -uh.
1: yeah i mean Altered Beast on the Genesis is is a pretty good faithful recreation. It's um I'd, I'd be curious how well you think Altered Beast holds up. <laughs> but it's a very quick play. Yeah. I mean, you probably beat the whole game in 40 minutes pretty easily.
3: Oh my god. I used to fuck it. I used to love Golden Axe. Let's move on. Let's move into the pop culture leftovers news. <laughs> all right, time for the news. Where's the fucking bumper? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Read all about it. It's a news and there's no doubt it's as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo.
3: This first news story, I think this is super interesting. Um, they're using artificial intelligence to figure out who is the best choice for the next James Bond. I'm not saying that the artificial intelligence is now the casting department for the next James <laughs> Bond film. And that, you know, the actor that the artificial intelligence chooses will be the next James Bond. That is not what I'm saying. This was basically just an experiment and there has not been a new James Bond cast. Anyway, this comes from Dark Horizons. The first ever, ever artificial intelligence assisted casting program has suggested that the, that Superman and the Witcher star Henry Cavill is the best man to be the next James Bond. The AI-assisted program compared different British actors' attributes against Bond's attributes in order to determine Daniel Craig's best successor, with Cavill being a 92.3% match in front, followed by The Hobbit star Richard Armitage, 92%, and uh, the one and only Idris Elba, 90.9%. When the program was expanded outside the UK, however, even Cavill was beaten by the boys and Star Trek actor Carl Urban, who came out in front with a 96.7% match. Isn't he from New Zealand? I thought he was. He is. Chris yeah. Evans was a 93.9% match, and then Will Smith was 922 Oh, good God. Uh Asked for actresses in the role. The program emphatically suggested the Mandalorian star Gina Carano, 97.3%, followed by former Battlestar Galactica alum Katie Sackhoff at 94.4%, and Angelina Jolie at 94.2%. I just think that this is super interesting that they're using AI to to give us these and honestly I don't think that Henry Cavill is a bad choice. I think he's a great choice in my opinion. Interesting.
4: I was I was thinking the exact opposite. What,
3: who okay, uh who are you thinking? Or do you just think I, that Cavill's a bad choice for the for for Bond?
4: Yeah. yeah, I think more so I just think Cavill's a bad choice. The Carl Urban, that's not I mean it's not awful. Um I mean Idris Elba is always going to be a best choice for much of anything. He makes my ovaries do cartwheels, but just in general. <laughs> like I just think Henry Cavill's a bad choice. When you said Will Smith?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's
4: clearly a glitch in the Matrix,
3: because there's well, no way that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. Idris Elba's a great choice. I just think like Henry Cavill, after like what I saw of him in like Mission Impossible, uh, I just think I don't know. I think I think I think he's I think he's underrated. I think he's do you underrated.
4: Think he could pull off the there's like a I hate this word, but there's like a swagger of it James Bond has. Do you think and I'm not I'm I'm genuinely asking. Do you think Henry Cavill could do you do you think that's in his repertoire?
3: Uh I do, I think we can, I think we could, we could see that. I definitely think we could see that. I, I, I really do. I think he's a, I don't know, I think he's a cocky kind of confident guy anyway, and I think he could pull it off and roll. I think we've just seen him do like, I don't know, I think they get, they've, they haven't given him much of Superman, and, the Witcher character is just kind of like a grunting kind of, you know what I mean? And (laughs) I don't know, man. I think, I think he's got it. I think he's got it in him. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that disagree, but I think he's got it in him. He's definitely got the look.
4: That's true. I'll give you that one for sure.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I always picture James Bond being lean like a little wiry you know and i know daniel craig's not necessarily that but it feels like henry cavill would probably be the most jacked bond that we've ever seen is it is that just how i picture him
3: no oh, god he's fucking huge
1: yeah and i love the idea of an interselba or you know a different gender all that stuff um but uh that's the one thing about henry cavill like as an actor i definitely think he has the charisma though i you're right, stephanie i don't I don't know if I picture him with exactly the kind of swagger that a James Bond would have um, but he just strikes me. I like James Bond being more lean and mean than necessarily a big muscular bruiser kind of guy. That's just the way I picture him and think of him
4: and and, and i I could be sh- certainly showing some bias because. Every time I've seen Henry Cavill, he's just kind of like a cardboard cutout to me. He's not really ever wowed me with his acting or, and he was good at Mission Impossible. I can't deny it, but he was just kind of like this knock him out bodyguard type. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, but not to say that he couldn't do that, but I think just what, like you said, Brian, what I've seen him in just has been sure. kind of fallen flat. I'm trying to think to of, picture the, him in
3: this. Oh, I'm trying to think of the movie that he did with Army Hammer that I've never seen that was based on an old TV series or an old movie. What was it? Henry Cavill. And maybe that would be a kind of a better gauge as to like whether he could play Bond. It was um The Man from Uncle. Yeah. Oh. I would have to watch that one. But um yeah, it's a guy Ritchie film. But um yeah, maybe I'm not the best person, take my opinion, with a grain of salt. I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even a huge Bond fan. Uh, Bond fan, to be honest with you, I've you know I've watched you know the Pierce Brosnan and some of the Sean Connor I just I've never been a huge Bond fan anyway. I just thought that this article was kind of like fascinating that they're using AI, you know, to fucking to match it up. I wonder, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see like what else, Who who else could you put in there to figure out like who would be the best? New, you know, the next Wolverine.
4: Yeah, I was just thinking that. Um, do you, are, did the, did the article say whether they're using it as like an, like, as assistance in making the decision or if they're just kind of testing it out just to see what pops up to see if it'd be something that could be used in the future? It just,
3: yeah, just, I guess it, like, it has nothing to do with like, you know, the casting department or casting for Bond in the future. They just wanted to use this AI assisted program to, you know, figure out which, uh, which of these actors had the, you know, the attributes, uh, um, their actor's attributes against Bond's attributes. So oh, using that, using the, the data to give us like the, uh, the best successor for Daniel Kraken. And that's who they came up with was, uh, Cavill at 92.3%. But, the uh, when they opened it up outside the U.S., uh, Carl Urban was the highest, 96.7.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they basically wrote down a bunch of words they would use to describe the ideal bond. And then it's basically like, how often is this actor described that same way? You know, suave, charisma, whatever the words are. But uh, Carl Urban and Henry Cavill strike me as being very
3: different choices. Oh, totally.
4: You know who I think would be a good idea? This is completely out of left field. Mm. Who, the actor who played Jorah from Game of Thrones... Is he, is he British? Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. No,
3: no, no. I, yeah, he was uh, most recently he was. He played uh, Bruce Wayne in uh, the season two of Titans. Ian oh. Glenn. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. No. His name's Ian Glenn. How can you not pronounce that correct? Is it because <laughs> it's, it's
1: spelled I A I N? So I don't know if, it, or and I can't tell if that's a capital I or an L. I think it's an I. So it's like e- Ian Glenn. It's probably just Ian. <laughs> I'm guessing.
3: <laughs> His parents are drunk and they fucking. They.
1: Fucking wait! It's a three goddamn letter name. You can't, you know. Yeah,
3: Ian. Or you gotta if
1: put you put an extra I in there, like oh a dick.
3: Oh my god! Or, Ooh, or or if you know, I. I remember fucking like Ian earring. It You know what I mean. We all thought it was Ian Zeering for years when we were watching that at Two and 0, and then he. Fucked in It's Ian. It's Ian Zeering. Excuse is that me, Ian. Yeah, I know, you pretentious fuck. Um, Tom Cruise, what the fuck? Tom Cruise, did you guys. <laughs> I sent you guys this. I don't know if you'd seen it before, but Tom Cruise um, is doing this stunt for Mission Impossible 7, and they've built this massive ramp on the side of a cliff and, uh, he is, it, they, the the whole stunt, they shot it by drone and helicopter. And basically it's this huge fucking ramp. It looks like a, it, it looks like a, something, a roller coaster would go on and then it just kind of ends. So he's like flying off this like cliff uh, there's the side of a cliff and then there's this massive ramp built on the side of this cliff and he's f- going on this ramp and the bike he's on the bike the bike goes off the ramp he lets go of the bike in midair and then pulls a parachute and parachutes down and this stunt looks insane and we got different angles on the tweet that I saw on the video that I saw. And then apparently he's, he did this stunt six times in a row successfully is what I'm hearing. Look Tom Cruise himself, right? Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's not his stunt man. I'm hearing this is Tom Cruise doing this stunt. He did it six times in a row successfully. Oh
1: let me ask you, uh, when do you think Tom Cruise is going to finally kill himself 2023?
3: <laughs> Dude, I I don't know how much longer he can keep upping it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what he's doing. i to see a Mission
1: Impossible stunt where he jumps in a volcano.
3: <laughs> yeah. Can we get that?
4: I- these stunts get they every time he does a mission impossible movie the stunts get crazier and crazier but what i appreciate and i don't even know if it's if it's worth the risk at this point but i do appreciate that in a mission impossible movie the way that they because he's doing his own stunts they're not cutting away nearly as much and it just looks so cool
3: yeah yeah it does yeah it does it does i mean you know like back in the day we did have and not always but we did have like some of these actors doing performing their own stunts like steve mcqueen back in the day steve mcqueen did a lot of his own stunts steve mcqueen fucking um uh, kind of an adrenaline junkie himself and i think tom cruise is just a an adrenaline junkie that pushes himself in these movies and uh this stunt looks fucking insane it looks absolutely insane and i don't know how this even like figures into the movie like why there would be this ramp on the edge of a cliff i don't understand it but it looks cool as shit and i can't wait to see this final movie they're filming a, they're filming these back to back mission impossible 7 and 8 and i think these are going to wrap up the franchise
1: yeah it my guess was this is like i had this like a similar curiosity cuz the fact that that ramp is there like that ramp is there on purpose it's obviously not like a ramp that was set up outside of some place that he needs to break into so i wonder if it's like the when they go to find his character if that's just what he's doing you know (laughs) like one of those things um and we've seen that that before where he they just happen to be like all right we need uh ethan what's his last i forget what his last ethan hunt (laughs) Ethan, we need Ethan Hunt, and they cut to him jumping off a fucking ramp with a motorcycle. <laughs> who,
3: who prefers Hunt's ketchup to Heinz? Nobody. nah, yeah, nobody. How the fuck is Hunt still making ketchup? Somebody's got to be buying Hunt's.
1: It's less expensive. And I think Hunt's might have an in with um, one of the fast food chains. I don't know which one.
3: Oh, that's true. I just, I've just i never seen... like. I've never seen anybody buy hunts or like fucking rave about hunts. Catch up I have bought hunts before. Why the fuck what are you it, buying hunts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saved like a buck fifty like, you
3: know <laughs> was it was it was it good? not really yeah I don't know
1: is the ta is it that different of a taste? It's a little saltier Ooh. it's like it's like hinds if somebody jacked off in it. Ah!
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs> Oh shit! It's, I might.
1: Not, it's not as good as Heinz. I'm going to admit
3: that. Oh my gosh! I bet your your ex girlfriend's got it all over her fucking face right now. <laughs> she's awesome get, she gets she gets done eating a hot dog and she's got that shit all over her face. <laughs> anyway yeah looking forward to that i'm like oh god i can't wait for mission impossible seven and Eight. Oh my god i cannot wait i can't wait for that movie where he goes into fucking space
1: well that's the thing too it's like once you we see the space stunt is there like where, where do you go for, the, this was a cool looking stunt but it can't possibly match whatever he's going to do in space
4: is the space stunt a Mission Impossible stunt
3: or no? No, it's not. I th- the, the, it's a completely different um, movie. I do I don't know. I don't think any details have been given about the movie except for like the director and I think, I think McQuarrie, is that his last name? Christopher McQuarrie is gonna, uh, the director for Mission Impossible Seven. Is going to like uh, the Mission Impossible movies is going to be a producer, but I really don't know anything. Other than that,
4: it's got to be insurance for these films with Tom Cruise has got to be through the roof. No, is that how it works? Because he's doing his own stunts, So, like, insurance is higher.
3: It's got to be. Yeah. Oh. Just
4: OK. That was just a sidebar. Because didn't he break his leg during the last mission? Impossible was it his leg or his heart, his arm or something.
3: <laughs> Probably both. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> but yeah. OK, yeah. But, OK. That was my thought. New, news from USA Today. The Walking Dead is coming to an end. Did you guys see this? Yeah. Is it really, though? Here's the thing. Here's nope. the th- Is it really? Because, like, they're going to end it with season 11. And after that, uh, this article goes on to say two of the most popular characters, Daryl Dixon and Carol... Uh, aren't going anywhere either. The pair who go back all the way to season one will star in a spin-off series due in 2023. Reedus offered the highest praise of the Daryl Carol pairing, even placing it above his character's close relationship with Rick Grimes. Quote, Daryl's relationship with Carol has always been my favorite relationship on the show. Sorry, Rick. I love the way these characters interact and relate to each other on so many levels and can't wait to see where the ride goes from here. And um, in my opinion, it's not really ending then. It, it's basically just what Marvel and DC Comics do. It's like a it's a new event or a new number one that's going to generate new interest in this new series. Basically, it it has the ability to bring back all of those old fans that stopped watching after whatever season they stopped watching and watch this new show like, With Daryl and Carol because they know, they know those characters. They know those characters. They stopped, they stopped watching the show and we know a lot of people have stopped watching The Walking Dead because the numbers have dropped. It still is one of the top cable shows, if not the top cable show on TV, even with like the massive loss in viewership, but this might be, like, that new show. It still se- feels like it's still going to be The Walking Dead. We're still following two characters that it, we've been following since season one. It just seems like they're doing kind of like what Marvel Comics and DC Comics do and basically kind of, like, renumbering it, like a, nu- a new number one and then bringing back old fans. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I know that I have – uh oh, oh you've got to – you got a new writer on Doctor Strange? Oh, Jason Aaron's going to be writing Doctor Strange? Oh, fuck, man! I'm gonna, I'm gonna be reading that. I haven't read, you know, I didn't read. I haven't read a you know a Doctor Strange comic in years. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna read that. I, I feel like this is going to do kind of like the same thing, where it's it's Walking Dead's not really ended. They're just trying to find a new way to get that audience back that they once had.
4: Is Fear the Walking Dead still on?
3: It is. And then they're doing another show. I think that's just going to be kind of like a uh, one season and done with with children. I can't remember what that's called. And then they're also going to be doing Scott Gimple, who is basically kind of like the like the the Kevin Feige of The Walking Dead now, and uh, he's doing an anthology series called Tales of the Walking Dead. That will focus on individual episodes or story arcs featuring new or existing characters. As an as as an example, the show could follow Glenn, played by Stephen Yeun, in the days before he joined forces with Rick Grimes. And um, so, there, a, a Tales from the Walking Dead. It's going to be an anthology series. They are not ready to like say goodbye to the walking dead that it's still like the biggest draw right now ever since like breaking bad ended and and mad men ended and mm-hmm. and, and you know what i mean it's i, I feel like they just they just can't let go of the walking dead at this point
1: your your marvel relaunch analogy is a perfect one it's exactly what i thought of when i heard this news and what makes it tougher for me, to be honest, is that the the sort of whole idea behind The Walking Dead is that the cast always changes, except for, you know, some rare instances like Carol and Daryl. So the whole idea of relaunching the show with them, it's hard to imagine how that's markedly different from what we're already seeing, given that the, the structure of the show is rotating cast, rotating settings, but you're still in a zombie apocalypse. And I honestly am one of those people, and I'm going to sound like an old complainer, but the marvel relaunch thing to me has been really bad for the industry it helped to usher me out of comics after 30 years of reading them um so i'm i don't sort of welcome this news all that fondly um i dropped off the walking dead when a lot of other people did just when the negan shit got to be too much um so there's there's nothing about this that makes me
3: want to continue
1: watching the show at all
3: uh, unfortunately I'm still watching. I'm still watching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still watching. Um, I felt like last season was probably the best that we've had in a long time. And it felt like, uh, I don't know, man. It felt like there were some previous seasons that were just kind of just, uh, just terrible, you know, just not, not as good. I felt like last season was actually, you know, pretty damn good. Um, So We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, they got a new... I think they got like a new showrunner for The Walking Dead last season. And I appreciated what she did with the show. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this. I just feel like it's basically, you know, the way The Walking Dead after season 11 ends with Carol and Daryl, they're going to go off and do their own thing, you know, and we'll see what they get into at that point. But... I think it's kind of just like a sad kind of like AMC kind of like hoping that they're going to get back those glory days, that they're going to be able to get back in the good graces of those fans that left.
1: I actually like the anthology idea though. Not necessarily like, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I need to like a Glenn prequel, but um one of my favorite episodes of The Walking Dead was the episode where Morgan yes. it's a flashback to Morgan meeting this individual in the woods who teaches him like the value of life, yep, like stories like that i I would totally love to see more of um just set in that world, but you know, not with all the weight of just like a ten season narrative, you know
3: right no, that was a great fucking episode. I love that, that was one good too, idea. yeah,
4: I also hope that this um i like greg i I fell off right. After the, the big, that, I don't know how many more, but the, the that battle with Negan, um, right after, right, that that's the last episode I saw and it's an entire, so like season seven maybe. Um, I hope that if they're going to continue with Daryl and Carol, that the fact that it's Daryl and Carol alone isn't going to be enough. Yeah. So if you're, like, Brian, like you said, if you're trying to bring back those glory days and get back those people or some resemblance of that same audience you had in its heyday, you're going to need to bring more. Because what, pe- what what caused people to fall off um, was a combination of things. But simply having Daryl and Carol on their own in, like, a spinoff is not... That's for me, that wouldn't be enough to bring me back.
3: And here's um, the thing, like those two characters are safe, right? Like their deaths like, are kind of like off the table at that point. You know that exactly, there's nothing's yeah. going to happen to them.
4: Exactly. And the part of what I and one of my favorite one of my favorite things about The Walking Dead is I was watching and you never knew who of your main favorite characters was going to die. Yeah. Yeah that kind of like watch one day and like your favorite character's just gone I loved that about it and I agree with what you're saying like I almost feel like nothing's gonna happen to those two like what's the what are the stakes
3: yeah you're gonna have to introduce new characters you know what I mean you're gonna have to introduce new characters that we're gonna have to like and then they're gonna have to die and shit because Daryl and Carol if it's their fucking show they're off the table for death
1: yeah it's interesting too you know the show took such a different route That like (laughs) what carol died in the comics in like issue 30 something i think it's amazing and the show once they started really verging from that really upset they they really sort of overturned the apple cart in terms of expectations yeah they
3: killed fucking carl in the show and carl was still alive in the comics right right oh man and chandler riggs He fully expected to come back for that next season. He did. Yeah. He was
4: really upset
3: by that. Totally. He was totally upset. His whole family was upset. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that he tried out for um, the role of uh, Spider-Man for the Tom Holland movies?
1: No. No, I didn't know either.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, news from Bloody Disgusting. What the fuck is this about? Fuck this. MGM developing RoboCop prequel series focusing on villainous Om- uh, Omni uh, Vice President Dick Jones. Yeah. Before being shot several times and falling to his death out of a boardroom window, Dick Jones, portrayed by Ronnie Cox, was the slimy, villainous, and extremely corrupt senior vice president of Omni Consumer Products, uh, OCP. While his death in RoboCop will be remembered as one of the all-time greats, his life could be celebrated in a brand-new RoboCop prequel series that would also focus on the rise of Omni Consumer Products. Digressing, after uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, Blomkamp uh, to another horrend endeavor, MGM and Orion recently hired Abe Forsythe to get behind the camera for RoboCop Returns an official sequel that had been planned by the original 1987 films screenwriters Ed Niemeyer and Michael Miner, but was canceled when director Paul Verhoeven declined to direct the project and a WGA strike in 1988 followed. Uh, Niemeyer, who all, will also produce, revealed that he's currently working with MGM on the new Robocop prequel series that would focus on the life of Dick Jones. I'm working at MGM on it, he tells Moviehole. Hole while also noting it has all the cool stuff about RoboCop except no RoboCop. <sighs> um, I'm working with these two writers, Dave, Par- uh, Dave Parkin and, Ron- and Rob Gibbs, who bought, uh, who bought this idea to be a TV producer friend of mine, uh, who then brought it to me the first time I heard it. I knew it was a cool idea because I could see a lot of things you could do with it. It's such an interesting character. Speaking regards to the film. Okay. Fuck this. uh, It's. He said, he goes on to say, we've been talking about it and I think we have an interesting story. It's fun to work with a younger version of the Dick Jones. We meet in Robocop. He's an actualized corporate predator, but nobody necessarily starts out being the bad guy. So it's going to be about the evolution of Richard Jones to Dick Jones, the story of OCP and how the world moves into the future how the corporate world behaves. Basically, it's kind of like they they compared it to the Gotham series where we're getting to see Gotham, but no Batman. I've... I guess you can get away with that because it's Batman because Batman is huge. But I don't think I think RoboCop without RoboCop is just bullshit. Like I don't like I don't I don't know anybody that gives a fuck about this.
1: The RoboCop was set in a future Detroit from the perspective of us in the 1980s thinking. So I'm just curious, like it. it I have to wonder, was this a concept that somebody had? Just to tell a story about like an evil mega corporation that they then stapled the RoboCop brand onto to try to get it approved, because it just doesn't seem to have any other reason for for being. I don't know that anybody has ever thought of wanting to know more about OCP, and the only reason why I even remembered the guy's name was Dick because of the Dick, you're fired. The famous, you know. Yeah. But I had no other distinct memory of that character, and I love Robo. I mean, I've seen RoboCop more times than I can imagine, but I don't. I I don't know why this is a story that needs to be told
3: well i mean they're wanting to do a series on this one and here's the thing like they don't even think i don't they don't know if the pilot's even going to be picked up they're gonna they're gonna yeah. shop it around i dude hard pass on this i don't need to see i do not i, need I, I to don't see know this. who
1: i don't know why anybody would be attracted to this idea
3: A RoboCop set. Like, I could... Dude, there's a lot of things that I can get into. Like, I can, you know, I can try to watch a Gotham show without Batman. I can try... I could even watch a fucking Mega City One show with no Judge Dredd. Because, like, there's a whole... That whole world, I think, is fucking pretty incredible. And a lot of the comic books. You know, deal with like if you if you read any of the judge dread comics there are some comics where like you get a judge dread story in the first half of the comic the second half is just like the world of Mega City one and like the drug use and the and the crime element and shit like that and there there are no judges that show up in it and it's still a fucking pretty compelling comic book a pretty compelling story i just i do not see that this has like the, I don't know, man, I just don't see, I don't see a story here that I really care about. I I totally understand what you're saying. I totally see what you're saying, uh, what you're saying, Greg, as far as like, somebody wants to show like, uh, you know, a guy who's got like the best intentions and then like, you know, in the corporate world and then just turns into like, a you know, a villain and then, you know, okay, what can we use to get this out there and get some traction? Oh, let's, let's. Slap RoboCops, uh, you know, the OCP company. We can have it based in Detroit, and you know, I don't know, man. This just sounds like garbage.
1: I think I'd rather watch a Chronicles of Edoon spinoff without Kurtash <laughs> in it, like yeah. a Kurtashless. Just, just about like the background of how e Dune comes to be a Dune, you know? <laughs> right?
3: Yeah. No, no, Wait, no. Let's go deep into the lore there. No flying snakes. Before right. the
1: snakes were flying.
3: Before, yeah, snakes are grounded.
1: Like, I want to know. I want to. I want to. I want a fifty-part series on how that's <laughs> how the main character's leather jacket was made.
3: Yeah, yeah, and where that one character's sleeves went.
1: Yep, gotta know who built the Hobbit home. Yeah. And why?
3: Oh my God! E-Tune Chronicles. I again. I apologize for that. That was <laughs> that was a bad. Let's move on into Marvel news. How's that sound? <laughs> marvel news all right is uh is chris hemsworth going anywhere is he done is he done with thor after uh thor 11 thunder is he done man there was all those rumors that chris hemsworth wanted to spend more time with his family and he's kind of like not retiring from acting but doing like less so is he done this story comes from dark horizons um he 37-year-old Aussie actor Chris Hemsworth has finally opened up about his future at Marvel Studios. Um, aside from Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury, uh, role Jackson plans to keep playing for now, uh, it basically leaves three of the original Avengers. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, who is now the entirely CG Professor Hulk. Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, whose upcoming Disney Plus series about him passing on his mantle to someone else. Uh, and Hemsworth, Thor. Taika Waititi's upcoming Thor Love and Thunder will see the return of Natalie Portman's Jane Foster, who wields the hammer and becomes Thor for at least part of the film, story inspired by a comic storyline in which Thor himself dies. Hemsworth has previously spoken about dissatisfaction with his role until Taika Waititi came along with Thor Ragnarok and reinvigorated the franchise and the character as part of an interview with L. Mann I was with quickly denied rumors of his retirement. Quote, Are you crazy? I'm not going into any retirement period. Thor is way too young for that. I'm only 1500 years old. It, uh, talking about Love and Thunder is definitely not a film that I say goodbye to this brand. At least I hope so. I'm glad that after all that happened in Avengers Endgame, I'm still a part of the Marvel universe and we can continue the story of Thor. Of course, I can't tell you anything about the plot, but to satisfy your curiosity, I'll say that I had a lot more fun reading the script than on Thor Ragnarok and that proves something. So yeah, Chris Hemsworth it doesn't look like he's ready to say goodbye to the role of Thor, which I think is great fucking news. We need we need Chris Hemsworth Thor in the Marvel universe. We had to say goodbye to too many people in Endgame. Black Widow, Tony Stark, Captain America. And if we lost Thor, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. I, and I, I don't know. I think Chris Hemsworth has quite a few more movies left in him as Thor.
1: There's so many places they could go with this. Does he become like the unworthy Thor? Does he, you know, does he explore the fact that there's no more Asgard? Do we get Gore the God Butcher? I mean, I'm really excited for this news too. Uh, And happy to hear it. Um, I'm really curious how, like, is Natalie Portman playing the long game with this, or is this just a one-off movie where she's Thor and then the mantle goes back to Chris Hemsworth? I'm really interested to see how that goes. And what I think makes Thor different from the other Marvel characters is in some ways Ragnarok was like, it was like the first Thor movie, really, in a way. (laughs) You know, we got Thor, we got Thor in the dark world and they, you know, Thor was fine. The dark world wasn't very good but it really did feel like an absolute reboot where we could get two more movies. And I think it would feel appropriate given the, you know, the way the the universe is structured.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, Oh God, a fourth Thor movie. That's crazy. And I think it's like, we can owe that. I think we owe all that to Taika Waititi. I think people were tired of Thor. (laughs) And I mean, I was happy seeing him in like the Avengers, but like his solo movies were just not, you know, as the quality of, you know, I guess the other films. I think like some of the Marvel films just get better and better. It's crazy. It's I guess it's all who they have as director. Um, I don't know, man. James Gunn in the Guardians of the Galaxy really did something huge for that franchise, and I don't know. I fucking Age of Ultron was garbage, but
1: yeah, it it's interesting and how much of that goes all the way back to kevin feige being freed from ike perlmutter Mm -hmm. always going for the safe cheap director you know and and, and, uh, no offense to kenneth branagh or um you know some of the other alan uh, joss whedon yeah but but you know obviously they were able to take a bolder creative direction once perlmutter was not in the reporting line for kevin feige and i think we're seeing the benefits of that
3: totally yeah absolutely absolutely I, it'll be interesting I, and it's crazy to to see like you know some of these some of these directors that they get are people that are like super early on in their career you know like these are uh, i mean the Russos, you know coming from like a tv comedy background like look what they've done look what they've done in that short time at marvel they've given us some of the best captain america movies they gave us you know uh One of the most uh, that the event film, the Infinity War and Endgame, which is just fucking legendary, man. Like, God, like I, I think like people can tell you like you know how they felt or like where they were when they saw Endgame. You know, like I remember going to the theater and watching that movie and just like hear like audibly hearing like people crying in the theater when Tony died. Yeah. I remember there's a woman in the back wailing. And, oh, and I remember hearing kids crying when Tom Holland died in Infinity War.
1: Yeah, I, I have never watched audience reaction videos for any movie other than Endgame because that was the most fun theater experience I've ever had in my life. And it's hard to imagine another one, you know, another Mm -hmm. theater experience like that, especially living the way we live today. I, you know, my God, it'd be great to get back to something like that. Um, but I think that's going to be, if that ends up being the greatest theater experience of my lifetime, I can live with that. To be honest, I, I can totally live with that.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. Like think about like all the buildup to that movie, because I mean, we're going back to, we're going back to 2008 when, when Iron Man came out, like that, like, I mean, uh, just, just the the culmination from like that first movie all the way up until his death. And I mean, we spent so much time with that character over so many different movies and it just built such a huge following. And it felt like everybody had seen that movie at least once in the theater. And like, I, you know, i would seen it five times, you know, I don't know. God, we'll see. I mean, we'll see with uh, Love and Thunder if Chris Hemsworth is right and the script is better. They are doing some interesting things with the filming of Thor Love and Thunder uh, this is also from Dark Horizons. They said that filmmaker Taika Waititi and Marvel Studios' upcoming Thor 11 Thunder will utilize the same stagecraft visual effects technology used in the making of The Mandalorian. Said technology is essentially a semicircular or circular room with walls and ceilings made entirely of LED screens displaying a background generated by the Unreal Engine Adjusting the angles and parallax in real time for the camera. In the wake of both that show's success with filming and the COVID-19 pandemic, demand for these virtual sound stages, dubbed the volume, has skyrocketed overnight and many studios are racing to quickly adapt and build them with the help of industrial light and magic. A second permanent volume is being constructed at Manhattan Beach Studios. Another is being constructed at Pinewood Studios in London. And another is being built at Fox Studios Australia in Sydney, where the new Thor will be shot. These versions, having learned from The Mandalorian, will boast much bigger improvements as well. In a press release from ILM, they say the new stages fix the wall-to-ceiling transition issues and boast many more panels, allowing for more options and accuracy. Quote, By every measure, the new stages are vast improvements over the original groundbreaking LED volume, developed for the first season of the Mandalorian in 2018. Physically, the new stages are larger utilizing substantially more led panels than ILM's original stage and offering both higher resolution and smooth wall to ceiling transitions. This directly results in better lighting on set as well as many more in camera finals. ILM's proprietary solutions for achieving groundbreaking fidelity on the LED walls at scale allows for higher color fidelity, higher scene complexity, and greater control and reliability. That's crazy, man! They're fucking using <laughs> they're using that Mandalorian technology in the next Thor movie, man! That's crazy. I can't wait.
1: It makes you wonder if the green screen is dead. I remember seeing the um, the Mandalorian documentary, the Gallery series. Yeah, and you know they kind of compared this as one of those landmark achievements and special effects and you know versus like green screen blue screen versus all the stuff that george lucas did back in the day and it makes you what it it feels to me like a much more efficient way to do special effects plus the actor isn't talking to a post-it note you know mm. it's just a much more immersive experience for the actors I, i'd be curious if this is the new standard
3: dude i th- i think it i think it is and i think like actors are it's going to be so much easier for them to actually react to seeing something as opposed to like a director saying okay now you're going to act scared because there's a huge monster in front of you blah 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 they're actually going to be in this environment and be able to see it and the way that it fucking moves with them is just insane to me i don't know i think this is fucking awesome
1: yeah, there's that famous story about Natalie Portman being sick on the set of The Phantom Menace, and, and George Lucas brings out a post-it note and sticks it to something, and he's like, "That's Natalie today." <laughs> 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 so this is—I um, I, mean—I think it's really exciting. And it, uh, without knowing it, my sense is it has to be a much less expensive way to because because you have these things built already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that also means that they can produce the stuff that we all love more quickly and easily and maybe even safer because they don't it's, have to go to these locations during a pandemic. It's I mean,
3: gotta be it's really an amazing development and it's exciting to see where it goes. Yep. Oh, my God. I just oh, my God. Are we going to get to OK, let's jump into D.C. news. OK, let's just jump into D.C. news. I wanted to talk real quick about Wonder Woman is not going to be coming out on October 2nd. And so now we don't have, whoa, did, did somebody just get shot in the face with cum? Greg, did you cum on someone's (laughs)
1: face? That was my, I'm drink, I'm going to admit I'm drinking, um, white claws because again, I'm just so nervous about a repeat of what happened last time. Mm -hmm. And they have those long, narrow cans and I took a good swig and it just kind of plopped back into the can.
3: (laughs) I, I am sorry about that. I totally heard that. And I heard Stephanie, I heard you yawn earlier. That was, I fucking did. That was some bullshit. I wanted to say something, but Greg was yammering. Sorry. So I let it no, it's fine. That's what we do here. Um but uh I let it slide, but I did want to lay I did hear that fucking yawn. Oh,
4: thanks for calling me out.
3: I appreciate it. I'm yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Anyway. Um fucking yeah, Wonder Woman got moved. So here's the thing. It's it's Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, who uh released Tenet. I think that Warner Brothers is after this experiment with releasing Tenant, which Forbes recently kind of like predicted that they're going to basically Tenant's going to break even. I mean, it's not going to bring in a huge profit. If it does, it might break even. I think that this has kind of scared Warner Brothers off. Like we cannot release this now. We cannot release this now. You know, like if we're talking October 2nd, guys, like like that's less than a month from now. And with the tenant numbers, they're just like, we can't do this. We can't do this.
4: Do you think I mean, do you think they'll just continue to hold on to it and push it back? I mean, like at some point, it's just going to be they're going to be holding on to it for a while if they don't just release it at some point. No,
3: uh, I mean, they're saying Christmas Day now. Oh, it's a ways out. Well, I mean, th- I considering this was supposed to be released November of last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <sighs> and I mean, Greg, I mean, we talked a little bit th- about this before we started recording. You brought up the question, is is Marvel going to move? with? Are, are they going to move Black Widow again?
1: Yeah, so Dr. Fauci, if I recall my headlines correctly, specifically said movie theaters will not be safe until late 2021 today or yesterday, which is a scary fucking thought. But if you think, first of all, I'll tell you right now, Wonder Woman's not coming out on Christmas either. They're saying that now, but it's not going to happen. Um, I think this is a really, really awful exclamation point on the fact that these studios are going to have to think they're going to have to figure out a different way to distribute stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, 50 bucks if you want to see Black Widow and you get it on iTunes because they're sitting on a shit ton of IP right now and content that's ready to go. And are we going to wait until 2022 to see Black Widow? It just, I can't imagine that.
3: And yeah, and, and, and then all the Disney plus Marvel shows that we know are going to tie in. In some capacity, some of these movies, it they can't release those, you know, until... Right, it's a until, domino effect. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: if you, are you going to release WandaVision without Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Mad? That was the whole book right. was, you know...
3: And then so, Loki. Loki's also going to tie into that as well.
1: Loki, so... It really, you know, I'm sure between that and the obviously really tragic news about um, Chadwick Bozeman, I'm sure Marvel is having an awful lot of really difficult conversations right now about how to move forward. And to some extent, I think Star Wars, too. I mean, we're we're so lucky Mandalorian was filmed before all this shit went down. Right. You know, that's going to be amazing to watch The Mandalorian again. Oh, God. But yeah. I can't imagine if. if and sony came out and said we're not releasing anything in the theater until the pandemic's over so now we're not gonna see venom 2 until 2022 not that i care but you know what i mean
3: <laughs> oh i <laughs> right? do care i want my venom too and i want I mean, my it's a fun watch what's fucked up what's fucked up is like i or, what was it? i went to see the new mutants and one of the trailers that they showed before new mutants was uh the morbius trailer i got oh. to see the morbius trailer again
4: when was that supposed to come out originally? I, I think about that. supposed
3: to come out this year. It probably should have already came out. I can't remember the original release date, but it probably should have came out this summer.
1: Yeah, I mean, the theater, the movie theater, I love going to the theater, first of all, so I'm not shitting on movie theaters. But they were in a position before this started where they were going to have to be really creative and innovate and this situation just poured fucking gasoline all over that
3: i mean do drive-ins come back i don't know well drive-ins have been back i mean but but but, i mean around around here they're going to start they typically start closing up like um you know in like the beginning of like the end of september and then we usually see the signs of see you next year right and so um I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to like AMC and some of these fucking theaters now that no new releases are going to come out until until they say Black Widow, which will probably get moved now. I can't see it coming out in November.
1: I I love these. I love Marvel movies. I grew up on Marvel comics. I go every opening night and I get the cheap coin or poster. There's no way in holy hell I'm going to a movie theater to see Black Widow. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I mean, I know somebody who has COVID. It's not, it's not anything to fuck with. I'm just not doing it.
4: I also wonder, and I, I, and I could be an anomaly, but the longer these movies are pushed out, like Black Widow's a good example. Wonder Woman's another good example. I, my, like my, my excitement about seeing them. I just, the excitement's not there. Like it was when I first found out these movies were being made and coming out, you started seeing the trailers in the theater. Now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, like whatever. Um, And so I don't know, I don't, I mean, I'm sure for some people excitement won't wane, but um, I also, I mean, for me, and there may be other people like me, it's just not the thrill, isn't there? I mean, because there is something about going to see it in the movie, and there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to go to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know what that, I don't even know where I'm going with this point, but that
3: was, yeah. No, it's a great point. I I feel like you want everyone to be excited. Like, that's the thing. It's like when, what last year, it seems like it, like we were in a completely different fucking world where everybody could just go see Endgame game and it was no big deal. Yeah. And like, now it's like, you know, they can release a new movie and I can go see Tenet here, but like Tenet's not released in other places. You know, there are theaters that aren't open around the country and, and it feels like, a lot of people are missing out on this and so like if they release black widow and like all theaters are not open and it's not safe then not everybody's going to be able to have that black widow discussion which sucks i want everybody that like is a fan of this to be able to go see it opening night or see it like that weekend or the first week or whatever so this does suck it fucking sucks
1: It does suck, and the fact that fandom is robbed of that because it's an experience being in a movie theater with other fans. You know, it's it's tragic, especially with a movie like Black Widow, where you're getting you know not obviously the first female-led movie, but an important one for Marvel. And uh, but it, I have to say, I've heard Mulan's results have not been great. That's at least the rumor. We don't have anything official yet. Um And a lot of people were predicting that that means that Black Widow will not be released for, on VOD. I think they should release it on VOD and just keep the universe going. And you know what? Fuck it. Charge me 50 bucks. I will pay 50 bucks gladly to see Black Widow on my couch easily. No problem. Um But I think that's what they're going to have to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they can't hold on to it. They just can't keep holding on to it. They got to move forward. And, yeah, we'll see what fucking happens. It's... It's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. Um, rumor from BatmanNews.com. This is not verified, but they are a pretty reputable site. They're saying that, um, Robert Pattinson is, uh, he's, he's recovered and they're looking to, uh, he's, yeah, he was, uh, uh, Batman would be shutting down due to, due to someone uh, catching COVID. It looks like, There may be some movement around the production resuming, according to a report from MuggleNet, which has a track record of accurate reporting from the Warner Brothers Studios in the UK. The Batman is about to suit up again. Robert Pattinson is doing great. Filming will commence late next week, the report stated. And then a tweet later clarified the news from a source in the production who works closely with Rob that he's doing good and that they're ready to commence filming so we'll find out hopefully i mean hopefully he's made a full recovery and you know um they can start they can start filming again so look. did you guys follow any of the dc fandom stuff that was going on today not today no what's that not today no yeah well dc fandom was they broke it up into two parts and today was the second part of dc fandom I didn't, see, I didn't I, even realize I, that. Yeah, September 12th. I didn't see anything. I don't know. Maybe... Let me go to... I don't know if there's any new news from DC... fan. I don't know. They made uh, the announcement that Doom Patrol... Doom Patrol Season 3 has been renewed. It's been renewed. Doom Patrol has been renewed for Season 3, and it's going to HBO Max. No surprises there that it's right, not going to that, yeah. DC Universe. But, um yeah... Did you see that Sam Elliott's going to be playing the mayor, the new mayor voice on uh, Family Guy?
1: I didn't, but that I could, no. I could imagine that.
3: Yeah, you know, Adam West passed away, and he was the mayor, and they're replacing, uh, replacing it with the, uh, with Sam Elliott. I wonder if the character's going to look like Sam Elliott. I would hope he looks like Sam Elliott.
1: Yeah, that's you a good choice. Though
3: you can hear his mustache when we talk.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> you know
3: oh my god you totally can um i got suicide squad rumors this is from dc updated i i i think that they kind of just there's i think these might just be like reddit rumors or something i don't know where they compiled these but i've seen some of these rumors pop up on reddit but they said after multiple test audiences of the suicide squad viewers have called it james gunn's masterpiece wow and I've heard that there have been test audiences that have seen it. The runtime being just over two hours, it is filled with gore, language, and sex. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is also rumored to have several looks in the suicide squad. The plot for Suicide Squad goes as the suicide squad being sent in, sent to an island in South America to assassinate its dictator, who turns out to have Starro imprisoned. Starrow escapes, and the Suicide Squad has to stop him. The main characters are set to be Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Ratcatcher, Peacemaker, Polkadot Man, King Shark, and Rick Flag. Test audiences also report that performances by Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Idris Elba as Bloodsport steal the movie. So that's what I'm hearing is rumors about the Suicide Squad movie. Not a lot, man. Not a lot coming out about that movie. James Gunn has been real secretive about that fucking movie. I was hoping that we'd get a Suicide Squad trailer for uh, the second part of DC Fandom.
1: So I have to imagine, is this? are we seeing a James Gunn with a chip on his shoulder here? Given where he likely was creatively when he was writing this film and probably for the most part directing it right because I, I, i'm trying to think of how done it was when he got back into marvel's good graces um but i can't wait for this film and i'm i'd be really happy for james gunn as a creator if he continues to knock it out of the park with this one
3: oh totally 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 i hope it does kind of like address the the marvel thing in this in so many you know what i mean in so many ways
1: It sounds like it. I mean, if this is a gore and sex fest, it sounds like it is maybe a middle finger to what he went through at the time. We'll see.
3: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, my God. Fucking John Cena is, uh, what was it, Peacemaker? Mm Mm-hmm. That looks, oh, my, that's kind of like the uh, anti-Captain America or something. You know, like, well, he is very much, he wants to do the right thing, but just does it in such a fucking insane way.
1: I'm curious how big that role is.
3: It's John Cena. I think he'll be, I think he'll be, I think it'll be a pretty big role. I think like the guys that get killed, I think like Pete Davidson will be dead soon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Peter Picaldi is the, the thinker will probably be one of them that goes real quick. Yeah. I don't know. Star Wars is, I guys, this week sucks as far as news and shit. The well, last
1: time we talked about Star Wars news, it sucked literally.
3: Oh yeah, it was fucking out. Ray Park getting his <laughs> was, dick blown.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, did you see that? It was Daisy Ridley. I got this from IGN. Daisy Ridley says Ray's parentage changed. Ray's parentage changed several times, including being a Kenobi. Did you hear about this?
1: Yeah, and what was really striking to me personally was that she's, if I heard and read her quote correctly, whether or not she was related to Palpatine changed back and forth during the filming of The Rise of Skywalker.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She Holy said... Holy shit! She said... She said... Uh, she was on Jimmy... She was talking to Josh Gav on Jimmy Kimmel Live, asked if she knew Ray's parentage from the beginning of Episode 7. Ridley was blunt. No. At the beginning, there was toying with an obi-wan connection and then there were like different versions and then it really went to that she was no one and then it came to episode nine and jj pitched me the film and was like oh yeah palpatine's your granddaddy and i was like awesome and then two weeks later he was like oh we're not we're not sure so it kept changing so then uh audio cuts out, so the audio cut out when they were talking to her, and then she goes on to say, filming, and I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. So I guess she was saying, basically, during filming, she didn't know. Even during filming, she didn't know what the fuck it was. Like, if she was going to be nobody, if she was going to be a Kenobi, if she was going to be a Palpatine, she had no idea during filming. That's fucked up, man.
1: I think the prequels might be might be a worse trilogy than the sequels, but the sequels are undeniably the most frustrating trilogy that we have.
3: Well, for me, I think like I'll take the prequels because I mean, I I don't, I don't think they're great, but it's a, I don't know. I felt like this, this, (laughs) this new trilogy started off so well and then it just fucking petered out. And it was just a huge letdown because we had, I, in my opinion, I don't care what people say about, you know, the second one, but um, I, I love the first two. I love The Force Awakens, and I love The Last Jedi, and I just felt like this last one was just kind of like, oh, my God, why they gave it to JJ? Why they didn't have one single person just doing the entire trilogy is beyond me. And decided to, I mean, it just went, it was just a fucking cluster. They had Colin Trevorrow was supposed to be on this originally and then he was gone. And then, I don't know, just fucking, Oh God, what a letdown. And then they they don't even know who her parents are going to be during filming on this one. It changed it. It changed.
1: It just is interesting that like I get, I get it. If, you know, they had five different possibilities for who Ray would be related to, including maybe nobody. Um, but it just, if somebody posted a picture that was photoshopped of Leia with a gun, Han with a blaster, and Luke in the background with a lightsaber, did you see that one by any chance? No. Stephanie, did you see it? No. I'll see if I can find it and I'll, fo- it's a punch in the gut. It just is. And, and i get that this trilogy maybe never would have been about seeing those characters together it was about passing the torch but it just will always to me at least be a, about missed opportunities yes, the yes. whole the whole thing I, and I, it's hard for me to get any joy out of it
3: i've said that before like i thought like i thought the force awakens started off really great and i loved it and i loved the second movie but like by the time we got to the third movie i kept thinking to myself like and I've said it on a previous episode that we never got the scene of all three together again. And, it, you know, that does fuck it. Like, they had a chance where they could do that. They could have done that before Carrie passed away. We could have all three on the screen at the same time. And they chose not to do that. They
1: chose not to because Luke was killed off before – and so was Han.
3: Han was killed off, yeah. Were
1: together, so it just – I'll never f- – fathom why like and i get like oh it's just fan service but this is not fan service like we deserve to see those three characters together um i won't go so far as to say we were promised that they would be together but we deserved it and it just is a tragedy that we never got to see that
3: well the the fucking the last movie the rise of skywalker was all fan service yeah it was i don't know I don't know. It's just it's disappointing. John Boyega is done with it. And like I get like he feels like his character was sidelined. I 100 I percent agree with him.
1: Yeah, I agree with him. Now, if someday they were going to do like a Finn Disney Plus series exploring the completely out of fucking nowhere, he has the force shit. I totally watch that.
3: Yeah, he um, But he ain't coming back. I think he's done. I think he's yeah. done with Star Wars.
1: I hope for him in his career that that's the case, but if not i'd love to I'd love to watch more of him i just I'm a fan of him as a person and as a actor. Have you know?
3: seen Attack the Block?
1: A long time. You know, I saw it a few years ago when I after I saw The Force Awakens, I went and checked out Attack the Block and he's great.
3: What a fucking great movie, man. Have you heard? Yeah, it's very great. They're talking about maybe doing a sequel or something. Another Attack of the Block. That. I would love it too. Fucking great. I
1: rooted for him in the uh, Pacific Rim sequel. It just wasn't it just wasn't there. But <laughs> I need to watch that again. I
3: need to watch it again. I really liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it's dumb fun. It's not something I'd
3: buy a ticket for. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, man. I love those Pacific Rim movies. I'm stupid. Uh, That is all I got. This (laughs) fucking week sucks. Oh my god! Thank you guys so much for bearing with. I want to thank our listeners, and I want to thank you guys for fucking putting up with this fucking episode. Uh, I
4: had fun.
3: Yeah, you were you were fucking yawning over there.
4: Oh come on! I yawned one
5: time.
3: You. you... oh come on I yawned one time <laughs> <laughs> oh man Stephanie putting me in my place oh my god yeah alright yeah you win I ain't got nothing I can't follow that up I I yawned before we started the episode oh my god Greg you jacked off in a lady's face
1: well, just to be clear here, Brian, I never jacked off. You her didn't teeth.
3: know. She blew you.
1: <laughs> Correct.
3: I know. I'm getting my facts wrong here.
1: And in, in, in an attempt to be considerate, I withdrew. Uh, there, You know, like it's Sir Isaac Newton. You got force pulling in both directions. And unfortunately, the end result was really uh, not what anyone wanted.
3: Did you explain I, to her that you didn't want to have her stomach pumped? Like, did that go? <laughs> did, I never transparently disclosed
1: that. Um, but I gotta tell you, if you're an awkward sixteen year old getting at what that point in your life is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to you, to have it end that way, that's gonna stay with you for a long time. And I'll tell you, even to this day, a lot of adult films end that way. You know what I mean? Like, like that's how they choose to and I totally can't
3: even watch that. Yeah, like, you I see still, the you see the woman in the ER getting her stomach pumped <laughs> of all the fucking cum.
1: No, what I mean is like the oh. uh, the shot to the face kind of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, because it just brings up these painful fucking memories that I have of um, this really awkward moment in my life.
3: Oh my gosh! Like, I just can't imagine. You think? <laughs> you, <laughs> imagine you thinking? Well, it's not gonna...
1: like look. If this happened to me as a like an adult, that's one thing, right? Yeah. Like you know, hey, these were but like a sixteen-year-old kid. I mean, my god.
3: No, and that's I had, true. I was ignorant. I was ignorant, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had some exposure to, like, adult cinema at that point. You know, I found some, I found my brother's weed stash and a VHS tape that I rewatched over and over again and then rewound to exactly the point. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, knowing that if you watched it and it wasn't at that point. One of the greatest moments of my life was figuring out the combination of my brother's box where he kept his weed and his porn. Um, so I knew how shit worked, but... You know, not to that level,
3: Stephanie. I feel like you either had something to say or you were going to yawn again. Which one was it?
1: Oh,
4: I was not going to yawn again. Okay. Um, I don't. Rem- I I was got. I
3: don't.
4: I don't. I don't know. I have no idea what it's like to receive that act. But I would. I would assume like men talk about it like it's great. Even So, Nick Greg right now. Even that you're an adult does. You're talking about you can't, like, watch those scenes. Is it – I'm surprised that now that you're an adult that even now, given what you know, that it's kind of – this is not judgment. I'm just – I'm genuinely, like, that's fascinating to me.
1: I can't watch a scene that ends that way with a shot to the face. You know what I mean? Yes because it just brings up this painfully awkward note. It would be like Dudley watching a a video of some kid getting fiddled, you know? It
3: would be like Dudley watching a commercial for, like, a new Schwinn bicycle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like Sam watching a video about potato chips. Remember, he was crumbling the chips, and the guy's like, hey, I lost my puppy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: And
4: I watched a video recently. It wasn't a porno or anything, but I watched a video recently of a girl talking about (laughs) talking about, like, she uses it she uses like jizz on her face, like is like a it helps like I don't know if it helps with puffiness or it helps her I mean helps keep her young. She puts it like she'll put like a teaspoon like in her smoothies in the morning. She talks about all like the health and like skin benefits it has for her and she like swears by it. Now where she's getting it I don't
1: know. I know where she's getting it. But I I think it's just because it's sticky and it like stretches your skin out. Maybe some what? of our listeners can
3: help illuminate, I don't know.
4: Because when it dries, oh god! There's,
3: okay, listen, there's go literally mission statement. Go ahead. There's literally one of our listeners right now wearing a cum mask
1: <laughs>
3: and writing it, frantically writing an, an email, an
1: angry, an angry email,
3: an angry email, as as they're <laughs> wearing a jizz mask.
1: That's one hell of a correction Tuesday, right there. Yes.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh! No, but thank you guys. I want to. I want to thank you again for joining me on this one. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, next week. Next week. Uh, this week, not a lot of shit, man. Next week, there's so much shit coming out. So much shit. What's that Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland movie coming out on Netflix? You guys heard about this one?
4: I, I do Yeah. Isn't there somebody else in that? Isn't there? Isn't, Mark Ruffalo.
3: I mean, oh, oh, it's, a, it's yeah. a huge cast. Yeah, it's a huge fucking cast. What is it called? It's. Uh, the Devil All the Time, and it's got Sebastian Stan, Robert Pattinson, Bill Skarsgård, Jason Clark, Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, fucking. Oh my god, yeah, are, are, insane cast.
1: Are these all like low to mid budget, like mid budget movies that would have been in theaters that we're just getting on streaming now because they can't be released?
3: I think this. I think this is a Netflix original. To begin with. I think this was a Netflix original. Yeah.
1: Well, thank God Netflix invested all that money in content, or it'd be fucking really rough right now.
3: The movie Blackbird that's coming out on Amazon was supposed to be a theatrical release next week, and that's coming out. It's coming out on Amazon. Oh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous coming out at the, the animated Jurassic World cartoon. I'm sure... I'm sure Ray's going to be watching that one.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you're going to wear it. Ray,
3: Ray is going to watch it two, two well, minutes. How long is it? It's oh god! Hopefully it's not longer than eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, Ratchet comes out on Netflix. The Ryan Murphy Netflix series about uh, Nurse Ratchet from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, starring Sarah Paulson.
1: I've never heard of that. That sounds great. Yeah. I haven't either, but Ryan Murphy and Sarah Paulson. I'll watch it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of bunch of shit coming out next week. So we got Coastal Elites on HBO. I don't know. Yeah, looking forward to next week. We'll see. Hopefully we'll have a lot more to talk about next week. God damn it, the news and all the good pop, bad pop stuff. Except for Unpreg- Unpregnant. I'm pregnant was great.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. I, I really liked Unpregnant. And I loved Woke, too. Yeah. Yeah, Woke I, was really I, good. I'm totally going to finish Woke probably in the next week.
3: I'm jumping back on the boys. And I'm not talking about the show.
1: <laughs> Brian's gonna take a shot to the face
3: now too. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go purchase a bicycle if you know what I mean. Um. <laughs> watch this uh watch this video of Mickey Mouse. Guys, just all, all good leftovers saying they're done. Hey Greg, where can people find you I have a
1: YouTube channel called uh Amazing Home Projects with Handy Greg. Uh, I post videos once in a while on there. Home improvement videos.
3: I like my favorite one is when you clean those pipes and it all ends up on that woman's face, man. That was <laughs> that was a good one.
1: That yeah. was a very special episode. It was a very episode. amazing fun project.
3: <laughs> Stephanie, people can find you on Pop Culture Leftovers and on other podcasts and you write articles for popcultureleftovers.com, you review movies and TV shows. That is correct. Right. here I am speaking for the woman. I won't even let you order when we go out to eat. <laughs> The lady will have the lady will have the crab. All right, you did it so very well. I did, I did. I, did. I thought you might yawn in your delivery, so I wanted to help you out there. there okay, you. I know, I know. I know. Brian won't let up on the one yawn. It's just one yawn. You're like, let it go, Brian. It happened, Brian. Get over it. Jesus, all right. Just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it.
1: I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers
2: cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also
1: follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
2: There's already like 7 million podcasts.
0: It's a trap.
2: Gonna toss it, going Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, tea it, left and breaks the topper wear parties culture spill over like a vulture carry over Culture push over pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's his name's already been said? Left sure. That the only talent is the band that's singing. this. Pop culture leftovers. Toxic, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushed over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say is already been said. Leftovers. Leftover. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture over. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture leftovers. I'm the cool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. leftovers. The only talent
5: is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.